my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta. Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm bringing to you the Season 5 two-parter, Captain Video Parts 1 and 2, which is part of the Jesse's Musical Career Journey series that I'm doing for June and July. And, of course, I'm putting the two-parter into one full episode. All right, so this is episode five, uh, season five, episode 25, excuse me. In this episode, a record company wants to shoot a music video for Jesse's cover of the Beach Boys song, Forever, which we know how special that song is to Jesse because it's also special to Becky because he sang it to her on their wedding day, and it was so beautiful. And, of course, Season 5, Episode 26, Captain Video Part 2, which aired May 12th, 1992. And Captain Video Part 1 aired May 5th, 1992. So I was still 9 years old. I wasn't 10 yet. So in Part 2, Jesse faces conflict when a record company asks him to change his image. Ugh. See, this is why you gotta do things your own way. Alright, so part one has a 6.8 out of 10 based on 241 ratings. We do have guest starring the Beach Boys. We got Gary Griffin as Gary. We know and love him. He's one of the original Rippers. Bruce Johnston as Self. Mike Love as Self. Ken Mary Self. Molly Orr as Carrie. And Brian Robbins as David Janelari. This guy I've seen. I have seen that guy in things. I think he was also in uh, Camp Cucamonga when I covered that movie way back when. This episode was directed by Jules Wick. We have writers Jeff Franklin, Mark Fink, Boyd Hale. How interesting because we got, you know, Derek's last name is Boyd, Steve's last name is Hale. So, creative. We got Stacey Herr and Jeff Schimmel all writing on this episode. All right, trivia. Tango is not from Spain. It's a dance from Argentina. The popular dance from Spain is the flamenco. This is Mike Love's third appearance on the show and Bruce Johnston's second. Let's see here. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. The side plot with Michelle trying to come up with her cooking badge. She has some very unusual concepts of putting two things together that food-wise that should never be put together ever. All right. So we got the trivia. Are there any connections? There aren't. You know, sometimes there's connections and sometimes there's not. It just depends on whoever's uh, editing I, the IMDb pages for the episode, I guess. 
All right, so basically what I want to do is I also want to read the IMDb info for part two. That way we can just go through the entire episode, no breaks. All right, so part two is directed by Joel Zwick. We got Jeff Franklin as the writer. He, of course, is also the creator. We got Stacey Herr, Dennis Rinsler, Mark Warren, and Jeff Schmiel. Also, this episode's got a 7.0, so it's up a little bit from part one, which only had a 6.8. Well, it does have the music video in, in part two, so maybe that's why. All right, trivia. John Samos has gone on to perform forever with the Beach Boys during numerous concerts of theirs. Martha Quinn appears as herself, interviewing Jesse in the next season. She plays Jesse and Joey's radio show boss named Allison. That's what she does. Jesse and the Rippers' version of Forever originally appears in the rare 1992 Beach Boys album Summer in Paradise. Oh, oh, here's another piece. I didn't know this. Last episode to use the full version of the theme song. Because I'm guessing they use the shortened version going forward because it's like, we want to get to the episode. Let's see. Any reviews? No. All right. Well, of course, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let all the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. new podcast listeners, I want to say welcome. Welcome aboard the Tanner Train, a.k.a. the podcast. The places, of course, you can listen to, which you probably already know because you're listening to this podcast, are SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Also, the Facebook had the Facebook, <laughs> the podcast. I'm sorry, guys. It's like 10 a.m. I just woke up like an hour ago. Um, I am recording. I have been recording these podcasts at least two months in advance. So even though this won't go out until late June... Or even probably July at this point, I'm recording in late April. So, by the time this episode goes up, this two-parter, I hope you guys are having a great start to summer. Anyway, the podcast has social media pages. We have Facebook, just type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Only Land to Holy Chulipas podcast will pop up. Like it. Follow it so that way you'll know what series of episodes I'm doing each month. Because I don't do, go order of air date episode by episode. I do a series of episodes based on it could be a character. Right now we're doing Jesse's musical career journey. I could be doing, you know, I've done back to school episodes. Just whatever, you know, holiday episodes, whatever comes out of my mind. If you're curious to know ahead of time what series episodes I'm doing, I did release a mini podcast episode in regard to the 2022-2023 Full House podcast schedule. However, I did make a little few tweaks to it. Some stuff had to be adjusted just due to the fact that my work schedule is not always set in stone, things get moved around, thus podcast episode series got to be shifted around too. That's just how it works. Life gets crazy sometimes. What can I say? Also, the podcast does have an Instagram page, OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod or Podcast. 
And also, the podcast does have an email address. It's omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to me there. You can also reach out on the Facebook page, which I will most likely answer, you know, either or. If you want to tell me your favorite character from either show, Full House or Fuller House, if you want to hit me up with a trivia question, I can read it on the air and answer it. Also, the same thing applies to if you want to leave a review, because all podcasts need support. They all need reviews. That helps them get noticed by people that are into what they're podcasting about. And me, it helps me get other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves on board the podcast. So, actually, I did just receive an amazing review, and I want to read it. Because, honestly, your reviews are what helps keep this podcast going and keeps me wanting to podcast. So this one was left over the weekend titled, I love this podcast. Lots of emojis, heart emojis, red and blue. I love them so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So titled, I love this podcast. I watched full house and fuller house and I've seen all the seasons of full house and fuller house constantly. I love this podcast. And you know what? I love you all for writing reviews like this. This really, it makes my day. It makes what I'm doing worth it. I, even though I've seen the show so much, I grew up with them. And I just love sharing my input and just going back and revisiting these episodes. So, again, reviews do help. You can give the podcast, you know, a rating, you know, all five-star ratings are what really help boost up the number to get the attention of other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Again, like I said, you can do a, a trivia question from either show, tell me your favorite character, or use emojis to help describe, you know, I can guess the episode titles based on what emojis you use. It's fun stuff like that. Also, if you're not aware The full house portion of the podcast is going to be ending at the end of this year. So that means in 2024, I will be finishing the fuller house portion of this podcast. And I already made a schedule for that. For that, I am honestly just going to be going straight through all the episodes I haven't covered. And it looks like that portion of the podcast um, will end in September of 2024. So we got that is so far in the future, guys. But that doesn't mean the podcast is going to end. I have Full House Stephanie books I want to review for the podcast. Fun little behind-the-scenes things for Full House that I want to cover. PSAs promos, all those little fun things. Uh, Compilation mini podcasts where we do the five worst characters uh, that have guest starred on the show. Just fun stuff like that. Fun stuff like that. I just, uh, best emotional performance out of a character through all eight seasons. Just fun little things like that. I'm just 
my mind is just, it's just going to be similar to like how I did with the series. I'm not going through the whole episode. I'm just like going to be listing moments, playing clips, stuff like that. So, all right. Of course, before we officially get into the episode, I want to cover the cold open. Surprisingly, the last episode I did in the Jesse's musical career journey did not have a cold open. And that was, like, episode 15 of season 5. This is episode 25 and 26. So, we'll see. They may not have a cold open this time around. But, hey, we could get lucky. The cold open, if you're not aware, is a nice little bumper of footage before the episode begins, before the intro kicks off. Usually it's about less than 60 seconds, sometimes 30 seconds or a little more, a little less. But they're just, I, I love them so much. So without further ado, let's jump into the cold open of, <laughs> like I said, it's 10 a.m. going on 1030. I'm still slowly waking. I, I'm mainly 99% awake. Um, Captain Video, <laughs> Captain Video part one. And then we'll breeze right into part two. So we are in the living room and we got Danny and the honeybees. They're continuing that three generations strong. We got Michelle now, a founding member. And yeah, Stephanie, of course, gets her bragging rights because she's earned so many badges she had to wear two sashes. But hey, she made it through the, oh my goodness. I'm just thinking, Stephanie has, she made it through the mother-daughter sleepover scenario. We, I honestly wonder if by the time that Michelle gets to that age to have that, if they would have finally made adjustments, and it doesn't have to necessarily be mother-daughter, you know, if your mother is, like, working, or she's no longer living... Like, you can bring your sister, your grandma, your aunt, you know, something to that effect. They got rid of a stinger from season one when uh, DJ and Stephanie were honeybees, when Steph was just starting out. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> they uh, changed the uniform up a bit. Stephanie, you were a honeybee a year ago. I guess the cutoff age is 10. <laughs> he asked like a, now, DJ, on the other hand, could tell some stories because she's been out of the honeybees for a hot minute. Why is Stephanie dressing like DJ <laughs> with these outfits? Danny, of course, following suit with the honeybees, he is wearing a black sweater with a yellow polo. And somebody says, oh, well, I don't like to brag, but my hive crowned me queen bee and retired my retired my antennas or antenna michelle of course is like yeah this sounds like bragging to me this is michelle's first honeybee meeting as a honeybee oh it's a welcoming ceremony she gets her first sash and then of course right away she notices why doesn't it have any badges on it it's like well you gotta earn them yes when michelle notices her bat her Sasha's Sands badges, Stephanie informs her, you have to earn the badges by doing different tasks. Yeah, she even says she earned a badge for earning the most badges. 
Joe says, yeah, sounds like someone's bragging again. Well, I remember when I was a kid, um, for a very short amount of time, I was part of Awana, and they had their cubbies. It's kind of like a version of the honeybees or the Girl Scouts, but, um... And I wasn't in it for very long, I remember that. I remember it was actually a vest that I had worn. There's a picture of me wearing it somewhere. And eventually I moved on to going to Catholic Church. And there they had the Religious Education Program, or REP, or CCD, whatever you want to call it where you would do book work and then you in second grade would make your first communion and then eventually when you got to be 13, 14, you'd make your reconciliation or excuse me, confirmation, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, oh, I just, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would go from like October until April Sun, it was basically your version of Sunday school. And, I mean, it's just like you're in school five days a week, right? And then you make it six days a week when you have to go to Sunday school for even from... You go to church at 8 in the morning, get out, go to Sunday school for like an hour and a half. I mean, granted, yes, you have the rest of the Sunday to do whatever, but... Still, it's just like, <laughs> really, I felt like I only got one actual day off. So, we see over on a card table that's set up, we see yellow cups with, it almost looks like a honey pot, but clearly it's, that's gotta be uh, lemonade. Every it's, Everything's got like a, a yellow honeybee vibe motif, like especially Danny with the black button-up sweater and the yellow polo. to you, Michelle, the official honeybee sash. You know, honey, I, I can't believe you're my last little baby bee. You know, I put three bees through the hive. I don't mean to drone on, but who better to drone with than a bunch of bees, huh? <laughs> Daddy, my sash. Oh, right, sorry. Excuse your antennae. There you go. Because you have to earn them by doing projects. You know, I had so many badges, I had to wear two sashes. In fact, I earned a badge for earning the most badges. Somebody's bragging again. All right, so now we move down to the basement studio where Jesse and Joey 
are down there. Jesse's showing Joey the song that he created for the Ranger Joe show. Lumberjack Jet. Yeah, because he, he's wearing the buffalo plaid and suspender. It's almost like he's giving off uh, Charles Ingalls vibes <laughs> with what he's wearing. Well, as creative as a song is, honestly, it is a smidge long. They probably would have to trim it up just a little bit. So Jesse asks Joey, well, what do you think? And Joey says, well, you're fired. And of course, Jesse thinks it's like, oh, because, you know, I put my name, you know, I'll put your name first in the song. Okay. You're such a baby, Joey. So he's like, no, no, it's not, it's not that. It's the fact that there are budget cuts down at the studio, and since this is a paying gig for for Jesse, and they had to make some cuts somewhere, it's either that or axe the uh, Ranger Joe show, which, I mean, it won an award, for crying out loud at this point. It won an award. So I don't think they're going to cut the show. Yeah, Joey says there's budget cuts down at the station, and hey, look, I, I I tried I tried to keep you, but I even said, hey, if he goes, I go, but you know, I really like it there. I love my job, so. And it's not like Jesse can't find something else. <laughs> Jesse is like, what, you firing me? He'll fire him, fire the woodchuck. And of course, Joey tells Jesse, Jess, he's a puppet. He doesn't get a paycheck. Yeah, Jesse's like, I'll, I'll, I'll wear the suit. I'll tell the dumb jokes. I'll do everything but sit on your hand. And Joey says, Jess, I don't know how to break it to you, but we don't pay him a salary. He's a puppet. But Jesse just can't. But he's like, what am I doing? I'm begging to be on a kitty show. When the fact that I'm even surprised that Joey didn't say, like, oh, well, my salary, me and Mr. Woodchuck split my salary. You know, to keep him in fresh new suits and everything and his upkeep and everything like that. So Jesse's like, oh, I can't believe I'm begging to be on a kitty show. And he says, you know what? Yeah, he even says, I can't believe I'm jealous of a bucktooth beaver. And he tells Joey, you know, I need to focus on my music. I need to put all my energy into my music. He's like, yeah, dude, I mean, definitely. Then he's like, Joey, thank you. You're actually doing me a favor here. So there's a new label called Fatfish Music that Jesse just heard of, and he's going to put together an amazing demo for them. And, <laughs> yeah, and when Jesse says, Joey, you're actually doing me a favor by letting me go, and Joey's like, wow, Jess, if I didn't know you were going to be this happy, I would have fired you, like, weeks ago. I'm thinking, but Jesse just became Lumberjack Jess. Just, like, yeah, it was in Girls versus, or Girls Want to Be Boys or something to that effect. I don't know, but still. Sometimes I really wonder, like, how much space of time is a season? Like, is it a year? Is it six to eight months? I don't know. We know the gap between the end of season five and season six, the beginning of season six, is at least two months. Because DJ's in space. That's the other thing. There are like, yeah, there's like two other side stories that we get. We get Michelle earning her honeybee badge. We get DJ trying to convince Danny to let her go to Spain for the summer. Hair, the other has 
heart. What do you think? You're fired. What? Fi oh, oh, I get it. You want your name first. You're such a baby. Ranger uh, Jess, Jess, forget about the music. You're still fired. What? There's been some big budget cuts down at the station, and they decided you're out. I almost said to him, hey, if he goes, I go. But I really like it there. You're gonna fire me? I'm fired? Why, fire him. Get rid of the woodchuck. Look, I'll do the dumb jokes. I'll wear the stupid outfit. I'll do anything but sit on your hand. Jess, look, I don't know how to break it to you, but uh, we don't pay him a salary. He's a puppet. What am I doing? I'm begging to be on a kitty show. I'm jealous of a buck-toothed beaver. Now, this, this wasn't my dream to be on a kitty show. I, you know what? This is a sign. I'm going to put all my energy right back into my music. You know what? I just heard of this new label, Fat Fish Music. I'm going to put a great demo together and get it to them right away. You know what, Joseph? Thanks. You actually did me a favor. Yeah, my pleasure. If I'd have known you'd be so happy, I would have fired you weeks ago. So I'd honestly say the plot with DJ could be easily called, like, plot C or 3. Because we have the Michelle plot, we have the main Jesse plot. <laughs> now we're in the kitchen with DJ. She is wearing a shoulderless white I'm just trying to think because it's got like ruffles on the sleeves and she's got Comet wearing a black hat with little white pom-poms that go around the edges this dog is just like I don't want to wear this hat DJ says El Comet Paramu how do you Paramu Bueno something or other and he sticks his paw out for her to shake Oh yeah, DJ's got the whole kitchen just dressed. There's a uh, the flag of Spain, I'm guessing. There's easels with poster boards of pictures from Spain. There's a guitar in the corner. There's a little boombox on the counter playing music. So she hasn't even told her dad about this. She's just gonna kind of drop it on him this opportunity because she's. You know, she's been taking Spanish since, what, season two, so... Season two or three. Probably she would be fluent in it by now. <laughs> she wants to get her dad in the mood. You're basically dropping this on him. He's going to come down here and say, what is all this stuff? What's going on? And then she's just going to say, oh, by the way, I'm getting this amazing opportunity to go to Spain for eight weeks this summer. Yeah, she doesn't want to just, yeah, she wants to get him in the mood and used to the idea. She says, I can't just tell him, hey, Dad, I'm going to Spain. I'd be like, no, you're not. <laughs> if I were Danny, <laughs> you don't just do that. Because she says, Dad worries when I say, Dad, I'm going to the mailbox. Because odds are, their mailbox is across the street. But that doesn't make sense because we see Kimmy going through their mailbox, which is attached to their house. Just kind of like. Mine was when I lived in a house. So, Kimmy says, oh, my parents were really excited when I told them about Spain. They bought me a one-way ticket. I'm like, well, if that's the case, how did she get back? So, looking at some of these easels with these little poster boards of blown-up pictures of just different places in Spain, I guess. And she's telling everyone they can come down now. It's like, it's, what did she say? Everyone go upstairs and don't come down until I tell you? Because I have a surprise. We got Danny, Michelle, and Stephanie coming down. <laughs> Kimmy's like the translator. 
as DJ says, hello, muffin, <laughs> I am not, you know, I'm just not, okay, I'm not going to repeat what she says, because I'm just going to butcher it, and it's going to sound horrible, but hey, we have translator Kimmy on hand, oh, and of course, we see Becky and Joey, because Jesse's probably out trying to get a record deal with Big Fat Fish, or Fat Fish Music, or whatever they're called, okay, Kimmy, DJ does not need an English translator, she's born speaking English. Would Kimmy be going on this trip? She doesn't speak the language, barely. Oh, Danny is not impressed. He's like, all right, Deej, what do you want? How much is it going to cost me? And why is the dog wearing a hat? Well, I'd say this hat looks adorable on Comet compared to that newspaper one next season in uh, Birthday Blues. That makes Comet look like a little Dutch girl with a little, little hat on. Yeah, as soon as Danny asks, why is the dog wearing a hat? We cut to Comet, and he is just like, please get this off my head. I don't want it. I never, I never agreed to this. So Steph, Stephanie, excuse me. Yeah, Stephanie's just hanging out along with Michelle. And this is honestly, a, it's not so much letting the family, it's more like trying to get Danny to agree if I have all the family there, maybe it'll be harder for him to say no. Yeah, there's a study program in Barcelona. Summer study program in Barcelona. And Danny says, no. And she says, I get to live with a Spanish-speaking family. And Danny says, no. Like, none of these things are making him say yes. Yeah, she says, I'll be able to live with a Spanish family. She says, I'll be able to study the language and expand my horizons. And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and she, he says, no. And she's like, doesn't that sound exciting? And he's like, no, it doesn't. And <laughs> DJ asks, so you're not saying I'm not allowed to not go, right? And he's like, what? <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> and DJ says, uh, I just wanted to get you off that no thing. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Becky, for backing her up. You know Pam would 110%. Becky says, look, Danny, this is a great experience and opportunity for DJ to expand her culture. Oh, to learn about a new culture. Oh, I know. Yeah, I love it. At least Joey and Becky are working together to try to convince Danny. And Joey brings up a trip that he and Danny took together. Like, what, right out of high school? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Joey says, remember that trip we took together? And Danny says, Joey, we rode our bikes to Oakland. Stephanie here is already planning ahead. She asked Danny, hey, Dad, when DJ's in Spain, can I have her room? And I'm sure DJ would be like, no, you cannot. <laughs> you stay out of my room for six whole weeks. I mean, I understand where Danny, I mean, she pretty much just dropped this right in his lap with the family there. Hoping he wouldn't say no. But, yeah, this is a big... She would have to get a passport. A lot of other things that I don't know that she'd probably have to get in, like, the early 90s. Um, you know, shots, vaccination, what, what, uh, inocula, what, whatever you need to go over to another country. I don't know. Definitely a passport. That I know. I'm sure. Although I've never been out of the country before. <laughs> and Danny, yeah, I agree with you. He says, honey, this is a big decision. I need to kind of sit on this for a little bit. I mean, it's not like, does she need to have a, did she wait to like the day 
before you have to give... And I'm just thinking, isn't this something like, this is a big deal, right? You would have, like, you know, bake sales, car washes, any other things, raffles, that you, this club, this Spanish class, would work towards putting money towards this trip to pay for, you know, hotels, airfare, um, any other, you know, what have you's that you need while you're there, you know, restaurants, whatnot, you'll probably have to bring your own spend. Yeah, another thing, they don't take, you know, you would have to get, you know, your money changed over or whatever, too. It's another thing. But it's like, I bet this is a thing that is probably like, at the beginning of the school year, like, hey, we're gonna, we got a big trip plan, we're gonna go to Spain, but it's not till, like, May, but we're gonna spend the whole year doing you know, raffles and, and, and car washes and bake sales and, you know, other, other things, charity things. It's just stuff to, like, really promote this big trip. That's usually how it goes. You know, schools, you know, have kids work together to get the funding to be able to go. That's the whole point, working together and raising the money. Yeah, and she says, please, Dad, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah, I mean, honestly, these opportunities that come your way, if you, if you, they may not come around a second time. You may not get a second opportunity. So it's like, you got to grab it. You got to grab it. You don't want to spend the rest of your life and like, oh, if only, if only I had one on that trip to Spain that summer, I bet I could have learned a lot of stuff and had some great experiences. And, of course, Kimmy says, don't worry, Mr. T, I'll be with her every minute. So, yeah, somebody needs to take care of Kimmy because I don't think she would make it out of there alive. I honestly don't feel that she would. I just, Kimmy just, she's very vulnerable. I get it, she's kooky. But I just, her safety would be, DJ would have to keep an eye on her all the time. We want Kimmy back in one piece on American soil. Yes, as we sampled the art, the music, the tango, which apparently is not from Spain, according to an IMDb user who shall remain, remain uh, anonymous because they didn't give a name. <laughs> That's what the little boombox is for. She plays the music. Kimmy's dress is very, I, I, her outfit is very, and NDJs are very nice. I like them. Becky, of course, in the floral print. They gotta get away from these floral prints. I really, ugh. And I'm not saying I hate flowers. I mean, I'd be okay. If someone wanted to give flowers, I'd be like, that's great. I'd take a book instead. But just not, never been a flower person. Never, never been a flower person. I used to pop the heads off dandelions as a child. And she grabs Danny, and she's like, come on, Mr. T, we want to see the world. And he dips Kimmy and then sends her out the door. <laughs> Danny says, adios, as they slam the back door, and Joey throws up a hand and says, olay. I was getting back to the season eight Valentine's Day episode with Mrs. Carruthers and Joey. Okay, so... DJ says, let's just, yes, we'll sit on this. You know, I don't want to rush you in your decision. Let's sit down to dinner, which is paella. paella? I don't know what that is. Muy bueno, they all say. Oh, there's hot sauce on the table. Ooh. 
And Michelle cannot contain her excitement because she's going to do dessert first. Who's ready for dessert? I'm like, we just announced we were having dinner. But hey, why not? Let's, let's make it interesting. Let's have dessert first. Why not? And of course, Stephanie has this tray that's got spoons with chocolate pudding, which she probably just took some snack packs and just poured them into these little small glass bowls. Yeah, she wants to earn her a honeybee badge for cooking. Is that something you kind of, like, work up to? Or is it just, like, okay, everyone's trying to earn the same badge? Like, you go, okay, so we're going to earn the cooking badge, and then next week we'll work on um, the laundry badge or the um, taking the dog for a walk badge. I, I don't know. First aid? feel this would go so much better if they just followed a homemade recipe have her make a grilled cheese sandwich with assistance boom simple rice krispie treats have at it and danny says well i guess it wouldn't hurt to have dessert as an apple an appetizer an appetizer michelle pudding surprise ah, i am just gagging at knowing what comes next <laughs> Becky says, ooh, sounds delicious. Becky, Becky, hold that thought. You might want to retract it in just a second. <laughs> yeah, what's the surprise? Oh, well, Joey's going to find out right now. Look how Joey's face speaks volumes. <laughs> Joey says, I, I think it's cheese. Show says, Velveeta. Well, it's not like it's blue cheese or anything like that. Michelle says, surprise. <laughs> Everyone's like holding whatever the, the, the pudding in their mouth because they're afraid to swallow to find out what's in the, what else is in there. Because DJ says, Michelle, you put cheese in the pudding? That's where Michelle says, Velveeta. She says, oh, and that's not all. Well, not everyone got cheese. Or maybe they did, but they got something as a bonus. And Danny says, mmm, <laughs> olives. <laughs> Mm, I'm sorry, I, I don't eat olives. I never will. You couldn't give me a million dollars to eat an olive. Gross. I had a cousin who, when he was like two, had olives like on his fingers and he was just eating them one after another. It was uh, it was Christmas and uh, my older cousin is like, oh, kid, <laughs> it's making me want to throw up just watching you eat these olives. It's like this two-year-old who's not get, got any qualms about anything I mean, ugh. I mean, a two-year-old eating olives, I mean, to each their own, I guess. But, <laughs> And Michelle notices everyone is, like, holding this pudding in their mouth. And she asks, don't you like it? And they're like, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and she asks, well, then why is no one swallowing? It's just the painful Fan across the table as you see everyone swallowing and just tears coming to their eyes. <laughs> it's like when you take like cold medicine or cough medicine, you know how nasty that stuff is. You're just like, just swallow it, just swallow it. <laughs> Think of something else and just, just go with it. Very different, Danny says. Very different. Yes. Why? Again, we're going to get the combination thing later. And it's just like, mmm. Nobody is assisting her. 
nobody's assisting her. You got Becky, you got Steph. Steph was with her when she made those, right? Stephanie, weren't you? Unless she helped her put the pudding in the bowls and walked away and Steph, Michelle started adding little things. It's so painful to watch them swallow this. Hell, Connick had a muy bueno. You sure are going to a lot of mucho trouble. Uh, well, I have to get my dad in the mood. I can't just say, Dad, I'm going to Spain. He worries when I say, Dad, I'm going to the mailbox. My parents were really excited when I told them about Spain. They already bought me a one-way ticket. <laughs> okay, everybody, you can come down now. Hola, mi familia. She said, hello, my family. Whoa, que pasa? He said, whoa, what's happening? Yo cocine una comida española especial para nosotros. She either said, dinner's ready, or it's time to clip your nose hairs. Okay, Deej, what do you want, how much is going to cost me, and why is the dog wearing a hat? Well, there's a summer study program in Barcelona. No. I'll get to live with a Spanish family. No. I'll get to study the language and expand my horizons. No. Doesn't that sound exciting? No. So you're not saying that I'm not allowed to not go, right? What'd you just say? I don't know. I just wanted to get you off that no thing. Come on, Danny. Come on. At least think about it. I mean, this is DJ's chance to learn about a new culture. Yeah, come on, Danny. Remember that one summer when we took that trip together? Joey, we rode our bikes to Oakland. <laughs> Dad, when Deej is in Spain, can I have a room? Well, that's very caring. Deej, this is a big decision. I need some time to think about it, honey. Dad, please. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Don't worry, Mr. T. I'll be with her every minute as we sample the art, the music, the tango. Come on, Mr. T. We want to see the world. All right, Kimmy. Let's start with the back door. Adios. down for dinner. I'm serving paella. Bueno. Bueno. Gracias. This is ready for dessert. Michelle's trying to earn her first honey badge for cooking. You gotta taste it. Well, I guess it wouldn't hurt to have dessert as an appetizer. I got Michelle's pudding surprise. Ooh, sounds delicious. What's the surprise? <laughs> I think it's cheese. <laughs> Michelle, you put cheese in the pudding? The vida, that's not all. Mm. Olives. <laughs> Don't you like it? No, it's just oh, rather mm, different, honey. Mm, it's good. Mm -hmm. And how come nobody's swallowing? <laughs> so, Jesse comes in the back door into the kitchen. He's wearing his leather jacket and his glasses, and he kind of looked around with, like, the poster boards on the easels with pictures of Spain. He's like, oh, Fiesta, cool. And Becky asked him, well, how to go with the, uh, the record execs, the, the label. He's like, oh, well, so far, so good. He says, oh, well, at least they've heard of me. He says they're going to listen to his tape and get back to him. So, 
when he says they've heard of me, like, maybe in the area, because he's played, you know, clubs and stuff like that. I mean, again, he says it's a relatively new label. And he says, let me tell you guys something. As he takes a spoonful of Michelle's pudding, says, I have a feeling something good is going to happen. And then, of course, he tries the pudding. Mich Becky already has a paper towel out because she knows that Jesse's going to spit that out. And he's like, and then Becky, like, is like, here, here's the paper towel. He spits into it. He's like, but that's not it. That's terrible. That's awful. And, oh, it's like someone lit all the air out of the room because Danny says, Michelle cooked it. And he immediately tries to change his tune, but Michelle, damage has already been done, Jess. And she looks at him and she says, I was trying to get my honeybee badge. Jesse, we all heard you say awful. Michelle heard you say it. You can't retract that. Yeah, uh-huh. You did not say awfully good. And of course, he's like, oh, I'm going to have some more. <laughs> and of course, she's like, you can stop now. I know you don't like it. Like, don't try to win me over here. He's like, ugh, Velveeta and uh, olives. <sighs> Honestly, I mean, let's say she put, like, the Oreo ice cream with the pudding. That wouldn't necessarily be horrible. Or if you put the Velveeta with the tuna fish, which you're putting the ice cream. She, someone is just not watching her do this. Someone really should be assisting her. We'll give, we'll give it to Comet. Chocolate pudding to a dog. Are you... Jesse's head is not in the right place. You don't give chocolate to a dog. Comet's not going to eat it. He's like, I know that's chocolate. I can't have that. Comet will like it. He likes anything. Puts a paw over his nose like, I am not. Mm -mm. Get that away. Oh, thank you, sir. He wants that hat off his head so bad. And Michelle's like, oh, I guess it needed more olives. No, sweetie, it needed zero olives. In fact, it needed zero Velveeta cheese. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hi. Oh, Fiesta, cool. How'd it go with the record company? Yeah, so far so good. I mean, at least they heard of me. They're gonna listen to my tape and get back to me. Let me tell you guys something. I have a feeling something good's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not it. That was awful. Michelle cooked it. I was trying to get my honeybee badge. Oh, I didn't say awful. No, no, no. I said awfully good. Boy. That's awful. You know what? In fact, I'm gonna have some more. Here we go. See? <laughs> Velveeta? And, uh, olives, is it? Could stop eating. I know you don't like it. Hey, Michelle, you know what? We'll give it to, uh, we'll give it to Comet. Hey, Comet will like it. He likes anything. Here you go, Comet. <laughs> I guess it needed more olives. So now we go up to the uh, attic apartment with Jesse and Becky. They're on the bed with Nikki and Alex. One of the twins, of course, is being fed a bottle. The other one is uh, Jesse's kind of jiggling up and down. And Becky's showing a book. Well, no, she's holding the baby. And then Jesse's holding the little, you know, those board books for babies. And 
they're the ones that have the like, oh, the bunny's tail's so soft, and Jesse's like, just like your jelly belly, and he just starts blowing on the baby's belly. It's so adorable. And of course, the twins are at the age of probably about, what, six months old at this point? Uh, maybe a smidge older. And of course, they're at this stage where they have to grab things, one of which, Jesse's hair, his friend Joy, aside from his twin sons. It's like, okay, let go of the hair, let go of the hair, and... Jesse like pulls the strands out of his infant son's fist like hey Becky what uh what color is this hair she's like uh it looks like gray <laughs> he's like what 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 now uh it looks like um a color resembling the shade of gray and Jesse is like no 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 I'm too young to have gray hair at this point season five in season two, he turned 26. So by this time, he's got to be edging close to 30. And the thing is, gray hair can come along at any time and age. It doesn't have to happen when you're like hitting 50 or 45. It, a lot of, it can be hereditary. It can be due to stress. It can be due to a lot of things. Jesse definitely is stressed with his music career or lack of one at the moment. Um, it probably has put undue stress on him. And gray hairs are starting to pop up. And Jesse is like, how can I have gray hair? I'm only 29. It's like, well, your father's got gray hair. I mean, again, it's it's genetics. And she's like, he he sees the, the, the mirror, the small mirror there on the wall. He's like, uh, uh, yank him, yank him. And she says, for every gray hair you pluck, three more grow in its place. He's like, no, 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 okay, stop. <laughs> she says, for every gray hair you pluck, two more grow in its place. And he's like, okay, drop that hair. Yeah, and she's like, honey, what is the big deal? So you got a couple of gray hairs. At least you'll still have your hair. And he's like, yeah, but for how long? And he goes and gets a measuring tape to measure just how far back the gray hairs are going. I honestly find gray hair very, very sexy. I honestly do. Especially, I mean, my husband's got gray hair. In his, you know, in his hair, the beard, all, yeah. And it's honestly, it's very distinguished. It's very distinguished. Me, myself, I know I'm getting a couple here and there, but it's like, that's just, it's life. It's life. You know, I used to color my hair, not because, you know, before I was getting, you know, a couple gray hairs here and there, but I just did it because I wanted to change things up a bit. And now I'm just like, hey, embrace the gray. Embrace the gray. He's so concerned about his hair receding, and he's like, I'm feeling it in my sleep. He says, okay, I know how to check for this. And he gets a tape measurer out. And he says, oh my gosh, it's moved four millimeters. Four millimeters? That's nothing. Oh my goodness. And he says, Beck, I'm going to have one of those foreheads that starts at my eyebrows and goes all the way to the back of my neck. Like, dude, unless you shave your head, it's... It's usually how it goes. It's like you start losing it gradually over time. And again, it is based on heredity. A person may have two kids. Maybe only one of them may carry the hair traits of the father if they're going prematurely bald or losing the hair. Maybe one of those two sons might have 
that gene, but not both of them. The phone rings and Jesse says, see the words out, it must be the hair club for men. You don't see as much as Rogan. Well, I remember those infomercials with like the spray that they would use on the hair to cover like the bald spots. I'm like, that's just like, oh, it looks so lustrous. It really doesn't. It's spray in a can. Okay, so David Janelari from Fatfish Music is going to crush Jesse's dreams once again. So basically, David Janelari says he likes the music, he likes the sound and the look. They just don't hear a hit. You don't hear a hit single, and you gotta have that. You gotta have that hook to get people interested and buy that album. The thing is, yes, this is like the second, com- you know, next to Play It Again Jesse, which was episode 15, you know, 10 episodes episodes later now, he's again getting rejected. And understandably so, that is one rejection after another. It's very disheartening. And she says, honey, you cannot... You can't let this get you down. You just got to keep plugging away at it. Honestly, and we'll see in the next episode how he is changing up his his style of music to conform to what the labels want him to be. It's like, but, and even the same thing will go in the next episode when they take that song forever and then they turn it into like a rap Arabian genie music video. And I'm just like, so you're changing your style of music just to be able to get a hit that it's like you're giving yourself away and you're settling what is the point of settling just to see some i mean if you're not able to be honest with yourself and be yourself and do what you want to do then what's the point if you go with the mentality it's this or nothing it may as well be nothing if you have to sacrifice yourself and your dreams and your beliefs to give in to what with Jesse here with the music label. It's like him changing his sound. Like, oh, I'll do whatever you want. You want me to change my sound? Sure, I'll do it. And she says, honey, how about you, me, and the boys tomorrow we'll spend the day together? Yeah, just, you know, go for a drive. Go for a picnic. Go to the park. Just, yeah, just go hang out. Just, he needs to take a step back for a minute. And kind of reassess things. Because the thing is, it's like, again, all you're giving these music execs is covers of other music. You have nothing that's original. And again, people aren't going to rush out and buy songs that have been sung by other people. It's like, great, I'm buying a karaoke mix of songs that I've heard by other artists sang by, I just, I just, I don't, I don't like it. I wouldn't pay money for that. Yeah, she's, oh yeah, the Beach Boys. She says, come down to the studio. The Beach Boys are going to be there. And again, Jesse's comparing himself to the Beach Boys. Like, I don't want to see the Beach Boys because, you know, they had a hit song when they were this age. And I'm 29 years old, almost 30. He's always comparing his music experience and level of success to other people that have gained success a lot earlier. You can't do that. Their level of success success is so much farther than yours because of the years, and he's put in work. But, again, he could be hiring a songwriter to write songs for him, and he could sing them instead of just taking other people's music and just 
singing that. You gotta cover your own little niche. They had hit records when they were 18. You do know there was a group of them, right? It wasn't just one person. Jesse thinks it's like he's the only one involved in this. You have band members. Yes, they play instruments, but you don't think that they wouldn't want to be included in your music writing and give you feedback and ideas? He's not using the group to his advantage. You're Jesse and... The Rippers. The Rippers, I feel, should have a say in this and be allowed to, you know, give suggestions. It's like, he says, I'm almost 30, I got nothing. She even says, life is not a contest. And it's like, it's not a competition either. Why are you putting yourself up against people who have been doing music for years and years and years? Everyone finds success in their own right, be it in something that they're passionate about or something they find they eventually have a hidden talent for. But don't ever compare yourself to someone else like, oh, that person has a great job and a house and here I'm sitting with this type of job and living in this apartment. I'm not basing this on my own facts. It's like, Everything happens in its own right for everybody at the time it's supposed to happen. You can't, that's another thing they say, you can't rush success. You have to have it happen gradually and naturally. And she even tells him, honey, things happen when they're supposed to. And he says, well, time's running out. Running out! Because apparently he feels he has a deadline to accomplish this one dream. It's like, if I don't make it by the time I'm 30, I may as well just start digging my grave now. Like, no! Stop giving yourself these time limits! Saying by the time I'm this age, I want to have accomplished all of this stuff. You're just going to let yourself down. And she, he tells Becky, this is so frustrating. I mean, what if I never make it in the music business? He's made it here and there. What about the time he went on tour while Becky was pregnant with the twins and then he comes back at the end of season five? Yeah, he's been gone. That's a little bit of success. He, it's almost like he wants overnight success to happen immediately. He wants Everyone, what everyone else, the gold records and all of that stuff, that takes time. And not to mention, you have to have an audience that wants to hear the music. If people aren't buying the records, if they're not going to your concerts, if they're not buying your merch, you're not going to find success in that regard. That's what people pay. They pay to buy your album, to go to your concerts, to want to hear you. I mean, and clearly these record companies that come up occasionally will sign Jesse on and then find out like, well, it didn't garner the success or the amount that we are kind of hoping to get with this tour. So we're going to drop you from the label. But at least it is a little bit of exposure that he's getting himself out there. Becky, I love that she's being supportive and she's saying all the right words, but Jesse is just so 
mentally blocked and he's just put up a wall that it's like, if I'm not a success before I'm 30, like if I don't get a, a hit record before my hair goes completely gray, I, I don't know. I just, the thing is he's so focused on his music stuff and it's like, you have a beautiful wife and beautiful kids. I'm not saying he's taking that for granted, but it's like, you need to focus on your family. And, and and also, I mean, the music will come as it comes. That's why he's been taking these little side jobs along the way, like with Joey and the Ranger Joe show, and, you know, uh, you know the diplomats at the airport lounge, and or the terminal, or whatever. Just, it's almost like it's a, it's gotta happen now where it's never gonna happen kind of mentality. Look at that. What's that? Feel that. See that bunny's tail? See that? What's that? Oh, can you feel that? It's soft, huh? It's soft like your big jelly belly. Give me that thing. The hair, the hair, let go of the hair. You're jealous. Give me that. Give me, give me, give me that. Vicky, what color is that hair? It's, uh... <laughs> what? Well, it's uh, a light shade of black resembling the color gray. I have gray hair? Well, just a couple of them. What? Here, here. Here you go. Stay right there. How can I have gray hair? I'm only 29. I can't have gray hair. Uh, yank him, yank him, yank him. Oh, okay, but they say for every gray hair you pluck, two more grow in its place. Drop that hair. <laughs> Jess, would you relax? So you have a couple of gray hairs. At least you still have your hair. Yeah, but for how long? I feel it receding. I'm, you know what? I'm feeling it in my sleep. I, I know how to check for this. I know how to check. God, it's moved four millimeters north. <sighs> Beck, I'm gonna have one of those foreheads that start on my eyebrows and go all the way to the back of my neck. Yeah. See? Words out. It's probably the hair club for men. Talk to me. Oh, sure, I'll hold. It's David Janelari from Fat Fish Music. Yes, Mr. Janelari. Hello. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. No. Thanks for crushing my dreams so fast. I'm sorry. They said they like my music. They like the sound. They like the look. You just don't hear a hit single. Jess, look, I know it's disappointing, but you can't let it get you down. You know what? I have an idea. How about tomorrow you and me and the boys spend the day together? Come down to the studio, okay? The Beach Boys are going to be on the show. Well, Come yeah, on. They're no, your well, friends. I don't want to be around the Beach Boys. They had hit records when they were 18. I'm almost 30. I got nothing. Jess, life's not a contest. Honey, things happen when they're supposed to. Well, time's running out. So is my hair. It's so frustrating. What happens if I never make it in the music business? So now Danny heads into the kitchen with DJ following behind him, badgering him, wanting to know if <laughs> she is allowed to go to Spain. Like, what's your answer? Please, the suspense is killing me. It's killing all of us, honestly, even though we know the answer. 
Yeah, she's like, can I go to Spain with Kimmy or not? Look, I know you're trying to make a decision that will change the course of my life forever, so I'm not going to give you any pressure. I'm not going to keep pushing. And finally, he's like, honey, I, I told you, I have to think about this. This is a very big decision. So Becky comes in. She's like, Deej, have you seen your Uncle Jesse? And Deej says, oh, he's upstairs. And she screams, Jess, get down here. And he says, I'm kind of busy. And she's like, Jess, seriously, this is important. Come down now. So <laughs> Becky says, Deej, your uncle is going to flip. Mike and Bruce from the Beach Boys are here. So excited. <laughs> Jesse has no idea. So she says, I promise them some good old fashioned home cooking. Quick, call chicken on wheels. Audience goes crazy for Mike and Bruce. I can believe Bruce is gonna be the one wearing the big dog shirt. And Mike asks, Hey, when do we eat? And DJ, who's on the phone with them, says, Uh, 30 minutes or less. <laughs> and Becky says, She's a kidder. <laughs> so Becky calls for Jesse, and here comes Jesse. He's got like saran plastic wrap wrapped around his head, tied in the back with a, a hair clip. He's like, Becky, what? What's so important? He's also got a towel around. He's dyeing his hair, coloring his hair. He's got a towel wrapped around his shoulders. He's like, <laughs> Becky points. To Jesse, like, you need to look over there. And he's like, oh, the Beach Boys. <laughs> and Mike says, oh, Miss Clairol. Because he's coloring his hair. Of course, he's like, it's the Beach Boys. And he turns to Becky and says, and I, thanks for the warning. And she's like, well, how would I know you're dying your, why are you dying your hair? And Jesse says, because I'm worth it. They were three little baby strands of greys, Jess. You Seriously, do they not have like a little touch-up bottle? Oh my goodness. He just full-on just cut. And you can see like the dye on his forehead. And Becky tells him that Mike and Bruce came over because they heard you had a new studio and they want to jam with you. And of course, Mike says, and of course, eat Becky's fine home cooking. And Jesse says, Becky can cook? And Becky nudges him and is like, oh, yeah, she can cook. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesse says, hey, when she cooks, watch out. <laughs> and he's like, hey, yeah, you guys want to play? That's awesome. Let me call my guys. We'll be here in about 10 minutes and uh, give me time to, you know, rinse out. Because if I don't, I'll streak. <laughs> I'll comb out and rinse. It's like you're coloring your hair what your natural hair color. It's not like he's putting in, like, blonde tips or highlights. Of a lighter color. Dad, come on, the suspense is killing me. Can I go to Spain with Kimmy or not? I know when you're trying to make a decision that could change the entire course of my life, the last thing you want to be is pushed. So, you won't catch me pushing you. No, sorry, no pushing here. I know, I'm pushing. I'm backing off. Sweetheart, I told you, I just, I gotta think about this a little more, okay? Deej, have you seen your uncle Jesse? He's upstairs. Oh, great. Jess, come on down. I'm kind of busy. Jess, this is really important. Come on down now. Deej, Uncle Jesse is going to flip. Mike and Bruce from the Beach Boys are here. <laughs> I promised them some good old-fashioned home cooking. Quick, call chicken on wheels. <laughs> come on in, you guys.
when do we eat? 30 minutes or less. Ha! She's a kidder. <laughs> Jess! What, Becky? What's Sean Parker? Oh, the Beach Boys. Oh, Miss Clarol. Hey, Dr. Love, how you doing? Bruce, it's the Beach Boys. I got my... Thanks for the warning. Well, how did I know you'd be dyeing your hair? Why are you dyeing your hair? Because I'm worth it. Well, honey, Mike and Bruce came over because they heard you had a new studio and, and they'd like to jam. Cool. And eat Becky's home cooking. <laughs> Becky can cook? I mean, boy, hey, when she cooks, look out. <laughs> hey, that's cool. You guys want to play? That's great. I'll call the guys. They'll be over in 10 minutes. You know, it'll be good, too, because it'll give me time to comb out and rinse. Otherwise, I'll streak. So, yeah, they're listening to Jesse sing forever with the Beach Boys. They got the chicken, the mashed potatoes. Where's the gravy? Uh, they have mini corn on the cobs. Again, I say Where's the gravy? I'm sorry, I gotta have my I gotta have gravy with my mashed potatoes. That's how it works. So Joey told the end of Michelle and after the song, Joey says, "Guys, it was totally excellent." And Michelle said, "Totally." Joey's trying to sound like a California surfer. Yeah, like enough talk. Let's eat. Oh, that chicken looks amazing. And Jesse says, "Oh, that's such a cool song. I sang that song to Becky at our wedding." And Jesse says, you know if he had a song like Forever, I bet Fat Fish Music would sign us like that. And, yeah, Bruce like, hey, you want it, you got it. Absolutely. They have Colson. They must have just run to, like, had a KFC deliver or something. And Jesse's surprised, like, oh, really? You mean it? You mean we can record forever? And Mike says, yeah, sure, as long as Becky keeps cooking up food like this. <laughs> Becky always gives it away. I'll, I'll, I'll give you their number. I mean the recipe. <laughs> Okay, Jesse, don't you dare lie. He's like, oh, normally I just record stuff that we write. When? When do you write music? In season four, or excuse me, earlier season five, um, we had Jesse trying to come up with a hit song for another music studio. It's always I gotta write this one hit song. It's always, it's always like the clincher. Quite frankly, he answered his own question by saying, quite frankly, who's buying it? Nobody. Nobody is. Nobody's buying it. And Jesse says, you know, Elvis never recorded anything he wrote. That would be definitely interesting. I, I like Mike's point here. He says, you know, I wonder what it'd be like if Elvis sung a Beach Boys song. And Jesse does an Elvis impression. <laughs> Everybody had an ocean. We're the USA. I can't do this, but anyway. And we just say, Mike just like, scary. That is very scary. <laughs> Don't do that again. And Mike grabs the guitar and he starts singing. No, it's something like this. When, because <laughs> Mike is sitting next, Mike loves sitting next to DJ. And when he mentions the bushy blonde hairdos, he kind of like, uh, kind of fingers her hair. It's just, uh, they're so into the song, The Surfing USA.
That was totally excellent. Totally. Let's eat. <laughs> that is such a cool song. I sang that song to Becky at our wedding. I tell you, you know, if I had a song with forever, I'll bet you Fat Fish Records would sign us like that. You want it? You got it. Leon, please pass the coleslaw. You mean it to... We can record forever? Sure, as long as Becky keeps cooking up food like this. Oh, well, I'll give you the phone number. I mean, recipe. Oh. Well, I mean, this is cool. That would be great if we did that. I mean, yeah. you know, normally record, you know, stuff that we write, but... Quite frankly, who's buying it? <laughs> you know what? Elvis never recorded anything he wrote. I wonder what it'd have been like if Elvis had done a Beach Boys song. If everybody had an ocean, across the USA. That's scary. <laughs> How about it like this, though? If everybody had an ocean, across the USA. Wearing a gray suit jacket, light gray suit jacket with matching pants. And he's like, all right, I got this recorded demo with the Beach Boys of the song Forever, taking it down to Fat Fish. They are going to love this baby. And, of course, we see Michelle with the mixing bowl. Again, she's by herself, and she asks Jesse to sample what she's making. And he's like, uh, okay. Very hesitantly, which after the fiasco before with the Oreo, with the Oreo, with the pudding slash olive Velveeta, I would be like, oh boy, what's the surprise going to be? Yeah, she asks, can you taste my new recipe? He's like, that sounds tempting. He's like, all right, all right, all right, I'll take a little itty bitty sample. <laughs> and he takes like half a mouthful he's like, oh, oh. and he's trying to put on a brave face. And he's like, hmm, interesting. Uh, wh what what do you call it? And she says, tuna cream. And he's like, okay, which would be, and she says, tuna and Oreo ice cream. And he immediately spits it out. Like, you gotta stop. Yeah, and he even tells her, lose the combo deal. Again, you like the cheese, you like pudding, you put them together. You like tuna, you like ice cream, you put them together. Stop with the combo deal. Just make something simple. If she just took that ice cream and, like, say, put, slapped it out in some bowls, boom, there you go. I don't, well, still, when they mean cooking badge, she's just taking stuff out of the fridge and combining it. That's not really cooking. Of course, she's, when he spits it out, she's like, oh, I'll never get my cooking badge. He's like, no, you can't talk like that, Michelle. Come on now. He says, well, tuna cream may not be one of the 31 flavors, but you got to have perseverance. And she barely can sound out the word personal. What? He's like, perseverance. He says, it means never giving up. You keep on trying. He says, look at your Uncle Jay. I've been plugging away at this music business for 10 years. So probably since he was at least 18, 19 years old. Writing songs, taking goofy gigs. And then we get a fun little mashup flashback of all... The things that he's done from season one up to this point at season five. He says, you know why? Because I will do anything to keep my dream alive. Hey, Munchkin. Give me a good luck kiss. Oh, 
I got this great version of Forever that I cut with the Beach Boys. I'm taking it down to Fat Fish Records. I'm telling you something. You're gonna love this baby. Can you taste my new recipe? Oh, that sounds tempting. All right, you know what? I'll take just a really tiny little sample. Just give me a little tiny sample, okay? Here we go. Interesting. What is it? Tuna cream. So that would be tuna and... Oreo ice cream. <laughs> I'll never get my cooking back. Oh, now, come on. I don't want to hear that kind of talk. I mean, tuna cream may not be one of the 31 flavors, but you got to have perseverance. Perseverance? Perseverance. It means you, you know, you, you never give up. You keep on trying. Well, look at your Uncle Jane. I've been, I've been plugging away at this music business for 10 years. Been writing songs, taking goofy gigs. You know why? Because I will do anything to keep my dream alive. Scientific dude. Whenever you're around, I'm in a scientific mood. You can tell us how the bird flies, or how the fungus grows, the creation of the universe, or how we blow our nose. The farmer in the dale, the farmer in the dale. Viva la stereo, the farmer in the dale. The cheese stands alone, the cheese stands alone. Honka honka stinky cheese, the cheese stands alone. When you're laughing, from season one when Jesse is uh, in, it's in Mad Money when he's doing the Elvis impersonation for that uh, Rock and Roll Heaven segment. And then of course the next one is going to be I believe season two with Jingle Jingle Hell possibly, which I have not covered yet. I'll be covering that when uh, I do the Jesse and Joey career journey or career duo journey. And then, of course, we also have Mr. Egghead, where he played the professor. No, he did not play, play the professor. <laughs> he, wait, no, he did, because Joey was Mr. Egghead. Doy. <laughs> and then, of course, we have him singing to Michelle's preschool class. We also have another one with the um, thing for uh, Permateeth, the old lounge singer act. Yeah, it's weird. Two of those were for jingles that he and Joey were doing. And then, of course, we have the heavy metal one from season four, Slumber Party. And then the last one, of course, is like ten episodes ago for Play It Again, Jesse with the Diplomats. Yeah, and she Michelle says, wow, you were desperate. And he says, yeah, I never gave up. I never gave up. You know why? Because... I had, and she says, perseverance, you got it, sister. 
yeah, then this is where he's like, let me give you a little tip here. I like putting your light cheese so you put them together. You like tuna, you like ice cream, you put them together. You gotta lose the combo deal. Just do something simple. He says, thanks, Uncle Jesse. I love you. See, this is what I... They could be letting her cook and guiding her along through a recipe and cooking something. I mean, granted, what she makes in the end isn't bad. It's basically OJ on a stick. So you put orange juice in um, the ice cube tray and then you freeze it with the popsicle sticks in the middle. And he says, when she says, I love you, Uncle Jess, he says, yeah, I know. And he says, I love you. And she says, I know. It's so, I love their relationship. After Jesse leaves, she goes and smells her concoction of Oreo, uh, cookies and cream, Oreo ice cream with tuna. And she's like, oh, what was I thinking? I'm like, sweetie, yeah. See, that's why somebody needs to help her out. She's not trying this stuff herself. She's like, here, you all have it. Sweetie, this is why you do a taste test before you give it to people. You a meme show? You were desperate. Yeah, never gave up. You know why? Because I got what? Right on, Munchie. Yeah. Alright, let me give you a little tip. Now, right, you like pudding, you like cheese, so you put them together. You like ice cream, you like tuna, again, you put them together. Stop putting things together. You gotta lose the combo deal. Just try one thing. Try something simple. Thanks, Uncle Jesse. I love you. I know. I love you, too. I know. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Okay, so it looks like we're going to kind of close out on this next mini plot with DJ in Spain. Because DJ and Kimmy are both trailing Danny down the stairs into the living room. Like, tell me one way or another. Can I go, please? Yeah. And he says, look, I've been thinking about Spain. And honey, you got to understand, this is a big decision. He says, this has been a decision I've been wrestling with all day. He's letting his daughter go to another country. Danny, she's not going alone. She's going to have chaperones there, other students. Everywhere they go, they're going to travel in a group. No one's going off by themselves. Danny, okay, enough with the wrestling. But, oh, yeah, here's another thing. We'll get that in season six because he says, like, if you know anything about wrestling, which I do because he was the 145-pound class, and they used to call him the human pipe cleaner. In season six, when he goes to confront Steve about, you know, him and DJ spending too much time together, he says they used to call me the bean of steel, or the human string bean or something. Kimmy's like, Deej, forget it. You're not going. And she's like, no, sometimes when he rambles, it's a good thing. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, she says sometimes uh, when he rambles, it's good news. And Kimmy says, how would you know, DJ? He never gets to the news. Yeah, both Kimmy and DJ are arguing with Danny sitting there in the middle, kind of watching them like it's a tennis match. And DJ says, hey, he could change his mind. And Kimmy says, we don't know what he's going to say. Maybe we want him to change his mind. Eventually, Danny says, maybe you want me to lose my mind. Give her, like, tell her yes or no. That's just, I can't take it anymore. The suspense is killing me. Yes or no, or am I going or am I staying? And I like how he puts a hand on her shoulder. He's like, okay. You promise you'll write me every day? And she's like, ah! <laughs> she's going! <laughs> that is a yes if 
I ever heard one. Yeah, she says I'll bring stationary pens, whatever. She is so, ah, this look at, she is so elated. Like, you're letting me go, I'm going? And he's like, yep, yep. And of course, Kimmy, you did not need to add that. She says, good decision, Mr. T. She already told the school yes. And Danny looks at Dean like, what? And she's well, I mean, yes, in case my dad says no. <laughs> she, so, yeah, she's covering her bases. Yeah, she says, I said yes, and in case my dad says no. All right, so Joey and Becky are bringing the twins in. And Stephanie, of course, has got the job of a uh, server. She's got OJ's on a stick on a plate for everyone to test. Taste test. OJ's on a stick. Get them while they're cold. You could honestly do that with any type of juice or any type of liquid like that. First popsicle for the twin boys. Of course, Stephanie's like, oh, really? You like them? Okay, well, the chef, of course, is your very own Michelle Elizabeth Tanner. And I love how she comes in and says, I did it! I did it! I can cook! And he says, congratulations, honey, you're going to get your first honeybee badge. Did they take a picture or anything to show proof of what she made or how she made it? I, mean, I don't know. Do you need documentation? You can't just say, I made this. I'm like, well, where's your proof? Who helped you? And Michelle says, thank you. I may open a restaurant. So, of course, Jesse brings over David Giannolari from Fat Fish Music. And he's got news for the family because Jesse's like, I mean, I could tell you, but I want him to tell you. The best ear in the music business is this guy. Stephanie! Zip it! <laughs> she does not know subtlety to bit her in the butt. She's like, yesterday you said he wouldn't know good music unless it bit him in the... It's like, Steph, Steph, zip it. Seriously, go into the kitchen. Don't tell anything to this girl or around her. Because she will spill the beans every time. It was costume that record deal. You're going to talk trash about somebody, you don't do it while they're in the room, kid. Yeah, this guy's got like a, a Jersey or a Brooklyn or New York accent of some kind. He's like, hey, I heard the kids tape of forever and it blew me away. I'm like, I'm not even here. Because I had no choice, I had to sign him. This guy looks younger than Jesse. He'll get up like, oh my gosh, he signed you. Because I'm finally going to have a record out. Ten years of struggling has finally paid off. Well, what about the time when, uh, yeah, the season four finale where he's like, I don't know, they said they we had a Euro garage trash whatever sound and they signed us. And he went on tour for a, like two months. That doesn't count? He didn't bring that up at all. He says, it's finally paid off my 10 years of struggling. And <laughs> Michelle says, because you got perseverance. And this is where it goes south. Uh, David pulls Jesse aside, like, hey, cat, let's rap. Uh, when you think of Michael Jackson and MC Hammer, what do you see? And Jesse says, funny pants? Oh, you see dancing. And, and, and Jesse's like, wait, wait a minute, what? Because <laughs> then David tells Jesse, oh, by the way, we took your sweet little song forever and we re recorded it and turned it into a rap song. Turned up the energy, pumped up the beat. Gonna make the hottest dance video ever. Ever to hit MTV. Oy. And Jesse's like, look, buddy, cat, <laughs> there's a problem here. I don't dance. And he's like, what? Seriously? 
you're joking, right? And the family's like, no, seriously, he can't dance at all. He, his coordination is... And he's like, oh, what? Seriously? A guy with your looks and talent can't dance? I don't believe that. And even Steffi says, believe it. It's like, seriously, you can't dance at all. But he says, when we get through with you, Jess, everyone's going to be dancing the Jess man. Ugh. This is the worst idea ever. You know, that's the thing. Sometimes when I hear these re-recorded songs that I grew up loving, and they turn them into, like, they have, like, bass to it or some synth pop or some weirdness to it. Like, you took a good song and turned it into hot garbage. Like the Rocket Man song from Elton John, um, some of the other like so like by um, Ed Sheeran. There's another good song by him that they totally destroyed by changing up the tempo and the bass and the whatever. It's like what so they can put it in the, play it in a club. Ugh, give me the original hands down. I'm cool. Don't mess with my music and my memories. This is why they're a new company and they don't got their feet wet yet. They barely got their feet on uh, out from under them. What it said right away is like, it's my way or the highway. It's my song. It's my demo that I gave to you. I think I want to take myself elsewhere. Like, I want to do it my way. That won't happen till part two, but still. This is where the part one ends. As Jesse says, the jazz man. Okay, look, I've been thinking about Spain. You gotta understand, this is a big decision. It's a decision that I've been wrestling with all day. And if you know anything about wrestling, which I do, because I was dorm champ in the 145-pound class. And I was really wiry back then, too. They used to call me the human pipe cleaner. Forget it, Deej. You're not going. Not necessarily. Sometimes when he rambles, it's good news. How would you know? He never gets to the news. He don't be rude. He might change his mind. We don't know what he's going to say. Maybe we want him to change his mind. Maybe he hasn't made up his mind. Maybe you want me to lose my mind. Dad, I can't take it anymore. Just tell me either way. Okay. You promise you'll write me every day? Of course, I'll bring stationary pens. I'm going? You're letting me go? Thank you. <laughs> Good decision, Mr. T. She already told the school yes. <laughs> Well, I said yes, unless my dad says no. Okay, follow me. OJ's on a stick. Get him while they're cold. Thank you, sweetie. Thanks, Dad. Okay, boys, are you ready to taste your first popsicle? Ooh, that's good, huh? Happy tongue. Fruity, sophisticated, yet mischievous. <laughs> and best of all, it comes on a stick. Struggling has finally paid off. Because you've got perseverance. 
Jess, Cat, let's rap. When you think of major superstars like Michael Jackson or Hammer, what do you see? Funny pants? <laughs> no, no, no. You see dancing. I do? Of course you do. That is why we are going to take that sweet little song of yours, re-record it, turn up the energy, pump up the beat, and make the hottest dance video ever to hit MTV. Uh, Dave, cat. <laughs> uh, this is just one small problem. Um, I don't dance. <laughs> oh, come on, a guy with your looks and talent can't dance? I don't believe it. Believe it. Anyway, don't worry about it. Because when we get through with you, everyone in this country will be dancing. The Jess Man. The Jess Man? Is that a way to end the episode or what? I've never seen an episode because I know it goes into part two. But it just, it feels kind of... I guess weird, like it usually something is, you know, wrapped up before it goes in like the following season finale in season six when Michelle gets lost and run well, she doesn't get lost. She runs away in Disney World. And then they kinda end it with them looking. So that's a nice cliffhanger. This them ending on the fact that Jesse's like, Oh, I can't dance. Oh, you're gonna re record my song that I give to you? Uh, okay. Even the, the music cue at the end, it's just like, that is, it's like, it sounds more like how you would end a scene in an episode to go to the next scene, not how you would end an episode to go to the part two. I'm just saying in the, a lot of the, the part one and part two is the two parters that we've gotten in the show. This one, the end of this part one was, is like very, very weak sauce. Stephanie opening up part two here. Stephanie brings a bowl of popcorn into the living room. She's wearing skin tight fuchsia, either fuchsia or magenta. I'm not sure which is which, but it's more of the, I think it might be magenta. Um, it's like something you wear if, if you were exercising, doing yoga, you know, something flexible. It's skin tight shorts and then a like kind of a kind of like a crop top a little bit or a really short tank top. And she's also got the matching scrunchie. Yeah, Cause she's she's <laughs> she's ready to sit down and watch this happen. She's got her Shasta, she's got her bowl of popcorn. Becky comes in and is like, oh Steph, sorry sweetie, you can't hang out in here. Jesse's gonna get his music his dance <laughs> dance lesson. First dance lesson in the living room. There's hardly any space. Sure you can move all that furniture to the back. But wouldn't it be better if he were like in a studio of sorts where there is room? Where you're not interrupting the family's day-to-day -day activities. So, oh, I guess the living room's banned, so I guess I'll go sit in my room until... How long is this thing going to take? Three hours. Nuts to that. I'm going to the mall. <laughs> yeah, because Stephanie's like, oh, yeah, I know. I want to watch. I want to I get a front row seat. I got my popcorn. I got my drink right here. Let's, let's get this going. Where's Uncle Jesse? Uncle Jesse, where are you? 
So the doorbell rings. Becky O to Jesse. The guys from Fat Fish Music are here. And Becky tells Steph, like, hey, you know, your Uncle Jesse has really been, you know, working on his dancing the last few days. And you know what? He's come a long way. Um, first of all, if you're going to have a dance lesson, you're not wearing jeans. You're just not. He is wearing black jeans, a black leather vest over a white t-shirt. Uh, that really isn't bad because it doesn't restrict the arm movements. The jeans, the tennis shoes, really, they got to go. I'm surprised they don't come and say, uh, Mr. Kasopoulos, I see you're not wearing the appropriate I mean, I guess you can, you don't really dance on anything, but a, the dance instructor is coming over. They should have just had him meet at another place to have room. Because, again, if you're going to dance in here, I guess what you shouldn't have? A giant area rug taking up the majority of space in your living room. All this stuff literally should have been pushed back. But then again, like I said... They really should have had this somewhere else. There's also a boombox on the side table. You gotta have your music unless you're dancing to music in your head, which ain't. There's nothing wrong with that. I love how he just kind of does a little, like, slide with his hand. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, almost like I meant to do that. That was pure intentional. <laughs> I love how Steph says, yeah, you're right. He's really improved. Not. <laughs> she rolls her eyes, and Becky's like, yeah, Steph, you're right. But we got to be encouraging. All right, yes, of course, we got uh, <laughs> Dave from Fat Fish Music. And we got, we do have a person of color. This is Hottest Video Directors in Choreography, Richard Williams. Why this guy, like, moves his arms, like, fluidly when he takes Jesse's hand? He practically pulls his arm right out of the socket. Like, Jesse's like, whoa! It's like he's taking you for a ride. This guy's wearing, like, it's almost like part Letterman jacket with a red hoodie underneath, and he's got a... A hat that's got a lot of different pins on there, which is cool. Yeah, so Jesse right away, as soon as the guys come, like, look, guys, I want to talk to you about this. Because the dancing thing, I just want to say, look, the song Forever, it's not a dance song. It's not supposed to be a dance song. If anything, it's something that's going to be played at a wedding. And that would make mucho bucks because everyone wants a, you can't tell me there aren't weddings receptions that have played the husband and wife first or husband you know, however first dance as a married couple to perfect by ed sheeran i mean per i mean honestly beautiful as soon as i heard that song I'm like that's a wedding song right there a hundred percent credited this was years after i got married my husband and i danced to groovy kind of love by Phil Collins. But if this song Perfect by Ed Sheeran had been around, I definitely would have had that picked. Yeah, he even says it's more of a ballad. And he is right. It is a ballad. I have not heard the song Forever by the Beach Boys just by itself. Let's see if it's on Spotify. Yeah, he's, yeah. David pulls out this tape. Like, oh, not anymore. We re-recorded it. And now it's a rap song. I'm like, uh, excuse me? No. 
permission from the Beach Boys to do that song beautifully. And like I said in part one, I hate it. I hate it when people take a beautiful song that is either a ballad or a nice slow song that, you know, especially one that makes you cry, gives you all the feels, and then they up the tempo or the bass and they put it like some type of version you throw on the DJ would throw on in a club, like a club mix. I'm like, this is garbage. Why would you ruin a perfectly good song just so you can play it in a club by adding, like, upping the bass or the tempo or the what have you? It just it sounds horrid after this. Like, you ruined a perfectly good song by adding stuff it didn't need. And Jesse says, look, I'm not really a rapper. And David says, you know, Vanilla Ice said the same thing. I'm like, dude, don't you dare name drop. You don't know Vanilla Ice. You you don't know him. But you don't get the right to name drop him. Like, he acts like, oh, yeah, Vanilla Ice said the same thing when I discovered him. You didn't discover nobody. Ugh, I cannot stand this guy. I cannot stand him. The fact that this guy is younger than Jesse. I mean, the guy comes in here with this... And the thing is, this is, Fatfish Music is a new label, like, barely getting off the ground. And this guy comes in with all his swagger and all his sway and all the, you know, this supposed power he has that he could just pick Jesse up and then drop him when he's like, oh, we don't need you. And his whole attitude, it's like, ugh, that guy's not going to make it in the business, I bet you that. Uh, um, don't like that at all. Because he says, oh, I got a new concept for your video. Because, of course, they're going to make a music video. He says, it's a whole Arabian genie thing. You know, since uh, Aladdin came out um, <laughs> in 92. I was, like, jumping on the Aladdin train before Aladdin. Hold on a sec. But yeah, I looked it up. Aladdin was released in, like, late November. <laughs> this episode... Although it was most likely filmed well before it aired, would have aired in May of 92. So they jumped on the Aladdin wagon before... I mean, honestly, at this point, we probably were getting trailers on, you know, TV spots and stuff like that for uh, Aladdin. So, but even still, I'm like, come on, don't... Mm. It's like, he keeps thinking of one worse idea after another, and I'm like, please stop. He keeps throwing out Jess Man. We're gonna get America dancing the Jess Man. Like this whole this whole dance, like he's trying to make it the next moonwalk or the next vanilla ice ice baby. Or the go ninja go ninja go. <laughs> I don't know. Uh Jesse's not feeling it. I'm not feeling it personally either. This guy's taking advantage of Jesse and the fact that Jesse He'd been signed by another label before. You'd think he knows how it goes. Or though maybe that was another up-and-coming label that just sent him on tour, didn't draw enough people, and dropped him. Yeah, Jesse's like pleading with them. Like, again with the Jess man, look, I'm not a dancer. And they don't want to take no for it. Like, no, you're going to dance if we have to make you physically dance by moving your arms and legs for you. Yeah, so... This choreographer is going to show Jesse that all dancing really is is just some little tiny movements. You just put them all together. And they start, like, doing the shoulder thing, doing the head bobbing, doing, you know, 
side to side kind of move. And he starts with the head kind of bobbing side to side. And she goes, okay, okay. Jesse adds his shoulders, and the guy's like, oh, oh, but don't stop moving your head. It's like, that's not dancing. That's just like bopping in place. Just stick a pair of headphones on him, and he's just bobbing in place listening to music. Oh, yeah, you got to add your hips. And Jesse starts, like, really, really just... The audience, as soon as Jesse starts moving his hips side to side, but then the guy's like, don't stop moving your, your head and shoulders. So it's like, he is not coordinated to do this. And Jesse's like, see, see, I'm dancing, everybody. It's like, no, no, that's not dancing. You're just standing in one spot, moving your body side to side. Anybody can do that. <laughs> Stephanie and Becky look at each Becky is definitely 100% getting the worst outfit of the episode award, hands down, because it's just a hodgepodge mess. <laughs> it looks like something that belongs to, like, they took the fabric from a couch from, like, the late 60s. That is, like, the worst, like... It's like a light, like, goldenrod color mixed from, like, moss, oak, green, and just the dullest of dull colors. He basically, <laughs> the choreographer's like, uh, hold on, hold on, um, because he's, like, he's like, I don't know if I can work with this guy. I think he's hopeless. <laughs> this is more work than I signed on for. I think I'm going to need a pay increase. Something like the running man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And... And Stephanie's like, oh, Uncle Jesse, watch me do it. It is so simp. <laughs> Jesse, ugh. I mean, he tries, but he, his foot gets caught in the, uh, get that area rug out of there. Move the coffee table, get the area rug pushed back, or they need to move forward. Oh, he's talking about Sammy Davis Jr. doing, like, a Sammy Davis Jr. running man thing. And, yeah, both Stephanie... You said it's like, Uncle Jesse, seriously, it's so simple. All right, it's easy. Watch me do this and do what I do. And uh, Becky, yeah, she gets into it too. I mean, she doesn't do bad for someone who's also wearing jeans. Stephanie's the, <laughs> and also the, the um, Richard Williams or whatever the guy's name is, also wearing jeans. Stephanie is the only one that is wearing the, oh my gosh, she's also wearing Magenta colored socks that match the the crop top, the shorts, and the scrunchie. She is full on coordinated. <laughs> like how the choreographer says, well, yeah, at least someone in the family can dance. I'm like, yeah, make the video with Stephanie. And of course, Stephanie takes this as <laughs> acutely. Oh, and I can sing too. And she starts singing Whitney Houston's song. The Greatest Love of All, which is such a beautiful song. I love Jesse. Thank you, Stephanie. And Stephanie continues. He's like, Stephanie, thank you. This is not a telethon. And she looks so dejected as she walks. Like, ah, I could have gotten my 15 minutes of fame. Oh, well. Yeah, and Jesse, just, he's had enough. He's like, look, you clearly can tell I can't dance. I don't know what else I can do to prove to you that I can't dance. And this guy's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm getting paid to make sure that you know how to dance. And we're going to make that happen one way or another. And he says, all right, Jess man. In the next 48 hours, you're going to move your body in ways you never thought possible. And Jesse says, that sounds painful. Is it painful? And the guy says, oh, yeah. As he rubs his hands together. And Jesse's like, oh, good. <laughs> uh. 
this guy can move. And again, yes, as I say, he is wearing jeans. He is moving himself amazingly wearing jeans. That's just wow. I mean, heck, if I tried to do that, I'd probably pull something. In fact, I can imagine my, my knee cracking. <laughs> Uh, the guy's like, okay, pointing his, you know, finger guns at Jesse. He's like, all right, your turn. Jesse tries to do with the spin and the leg kick and everything, and he tries to do the splits, and oh, you just hear him go, Becky, ice! <laughs> the audience is ready, like, yeah! They're ready for it. They want to see him do... Like, hey, if this guy can... This guy is a choreographer. He is trained. He has trained his body to move that way, is very limber. Jesse, not so much, even though he's a little bit older than this guy. It all starts with training, like when you're long, when you're long, when you're young and everything, you're, and you keep up with like the exercises, that training and everything, and your body can eventually probably become limber and flexible. But if you don't, I mean, just starting out, I'm sure he's going to wind up in major pain. He is going to need ice for himself when he tries to do the splits. I think he pulled something in his leg when he tried to do that split. Oh, Steph, you can't hang out in here. Uncle Jess is going to get his first dance lesson. I know. I got a front row seat. <laughs> oh, Jess, the guys from Fat Fish Music are here. I got it. You know, Uncle Jesse's been working on his dancing for a couple of days. He's come a long way. I'm dancing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're right. He's really improved. Yes, babe. James, babe, hit me. <laughs> I'd like you to meet one of the hottest video directors and choreographers in the biz, Richard Williams. Hey, hi, Richard. Yep. How you doing? Okay, whoa, whoa. See you. <laughs> He's good. He's very good. Hey, listen, uh, about this whole dance thing, huh? Guys, let's rethink this. A forever is not really a dance song. It's it's more of a ballad. Not anymore. We've re-recorded it, and now it's a rap song. <laughs> Listen, uh, David, I, I'm not uh, not really a rapper. But now I said the same thing. Uh. <laughs> Look, I've got a hot new concept for your video. It's gonna be like a whole uh, Arabian genie thing. You're gonna love it. It's the perfect way to get all of America doing the Jess Man. Again with the Jess Man. I'm not really a dancer. Hey. Jess Man, dancing is just a matter of putting a lot of little isolated movements together. Simple. Uh, I'll try it. I'll try it. You show me what to do. Sure. Start with your head like this. Okay. Got yeah, that. Good. Yeah. Now, add your shoulders like this. But don't stop moving your head. All right. Yeah, just kidding. Got it. Got it. Now, add your hips like this. Uh, but don't stop moving your head and shoulders. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, right. See, I got, I'm dancing, everybody. I got it. No problem. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, hold up, hold up, hold up. Maybe we should start with something just a little simpler. Um, the running man. Something like this. I really don't know how to dance. But you will. 
just man, for the next 48 hours, you're going to move your body in ways you never thought possible. This involved pain? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Check it out. You'll end up looking like this. Hitman! This is interesting. Michelle is starting a lemonade stand. No, not like the one in season eight where she makes $221 and buys Shorty the donkey. No, she wants to get money so that way she can buy an ant farm for her ants, which are on a lollipop in a mason jar. And those poor ants, my heart goes out to them. They're probably end up all dying. Um, anyway, so Joey's got a picture of lemonade and of course you know you want to taste that you want to make sure it doesn't need a little something a little less and when they drink it they're, they're like Ooh, uh it needs both at the same time they say more sugar it's too it's too much it's too tart they need to sweeten it up a bit Katie, he said a teaspoon okay so they had put some sugar in but that is gonna, mm, people are gonna be getting cavities left and right. She dumps all of it in there. And someone goes, oh. <laughs> One of the audience members is like, oh. I love this from Joey. He says, well, that ought to wake you up and rot your teeth. Like, <laughs> no doubt. It doesn't even stir it in. It just pretty much probably collects at the bottom. Like a lemonade sugar sludge. Actually, now that I think about it, it's not a mason jar. It looks like a peanut butter jar that's been scrubbed out and the label's gone. Because he says, soon you'll have enough money to buy that ant farm. And she lifts up this jar with a plastic lid and says, I hope so. My little friends can't live on this lollipop forever. Sorry, guys. And there's no air holes because, you know. Funny those ants are trying to climb out of there and to no success. There's too many of us, we can't breathe. There's no air holes. Only a couple are actually on the lollipop. The rest are all climbing the sides of the jar trying to find a way out. So DJ and Kimmy come in, and at this point, DJ's been driving for a smidge. Because Kimmy says, oh, Deej, that was a great lesson. Danny, this is, he's just being way over dramatic because he clutches... The door, like, oh, thank God I'm alive. He comes in, shuts the door, grasps the back of the chair, and puts one hand on the table and says, oh, I'm home, I'm alive. Danny, it was not that bad. Kimmy actually compliments Danny. She says, you know, T-Man, for an uptight guy, you stay pretty cool. And he takes off his jacket. There are liter literal pit sweat stains. Ew. Nasty gross. He says no sweat. It's like, uh-huh. 
And Danny says, oh, that's a good idea. I could use a cup one. Michelle has one of those sandwich board things where it's got a sign on the front and the back, and it says 10 cents. Jimmy says, you could use some dress shields, which I'm guessing, I don't know what those are. Danny says, Kimmy, you could use some exercise. Take a hike. Like, girl, go home. I'd be like, uh, no, 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 no. You pay me the 10 cents and then you get the cup. But you're not going to drink it and then pay me. So Danny takes a sip and he's like, mmm, a couple more sips of this and I'll need dentures. Well, of course he doesn't have any change because why would he? He's got a dollar though. And she says, thank you, pleasure doing business with you. And he's like, well, Michelle, wait a minute. Honey, I give you a dollar. Are you forgetting something? Oh, yeah, have a nice day. Um, I can tell. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> she pulls the same thing in season eight. Because when she says she made $221, like, how do you make that? She's like, cold lemonade. <laughs> no change. Nope. That's the thing. She does it here because when she turns around, she says, it says on the back, sorry, no change. And Joey tells him, you know, Danny, next time read both sides of the sign. The audience just ROFTL rolling on the floor laughing. Like, oh my gosh, that was brilliant. Again, yeah, like I said, she pulls the same thing in season eight and it's like, the sweaty construction workers, it's a hot day, they're thirsty, no one brought Powerade, no one brought Gatorade. Oh, this kid's selling lemonade? Yeah, sure, that's great. Oh, I, you don't have change? No, no, here, just take my dollar, just take my dollar. You know clearly that, because lemonade being as tart as it is, is one that even when I've had it, it makes you more thirsty. Audience is even whistling that this joke is so good. Joey tells him, hey, Danny, always read the front and the back. <laughs> of course, Danny's like, Joey, that's your handwriting. You owe me 90 cents. <laughs> okay, now let's make a toast to your first day in the lemonade business. One for you and one for me. Cheers. More sugar. <laughs> Better put another teaspoon in. <laughs> Michelle, it won't be long before you earn enough money to buy yourself that ant farm. I hope so, because my little friend can't live on this lollipop forever. It's a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> you had a great lesson, Beach. Thanks, Kimmy. I think my dad was pretty impressed with my driving. <clears throat> God, I'm alive. You know, T-Man, for an uptight guy, you stayed pretty cool. Oh, yeah, Kimmy, no sweat. Get your lemonade. It's a good idea. I could use a cup. You could use some dress shields. Kimmy, you could use some exercise. Take a hike. Sweetheart. Mmm. A couple more sips of this and I'll need dentures. <laughs> and you know what?
know what, honey? I don't have any change. All I have is a dollar. That's no problem. Thank you. <laughs> Michelle, I just gave you a dollar. Aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah. Have a nice day. <laughs> Always read the front and the back. Sorry, that's your handwriting. You owe me 90 cents. So, Kimmy breaks the news to DJ. She's not going to be able to study in Spain this summer unless she passes her Spanish test. Girl! What you doing this whole year? We know that Kimmy isn't the greatest at Spanish. Remember in season... I believe it's season two... A parabola gun grounded EJ. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, well, wait a minute. So, DJ got a D in Spanish because she pretty much gave up on learning. But then again, now she hasn't because, you know, she's used all these years of Spanish to have this beautiful opportunity. So, yeah, going back to season... Yeah, it's season two, episode 17. DJ gets a D in Spanish. Kimmy says she gets a C. Like, oh, Senorita Mosley likes me. She gave me a C. And they're like, well, wait a minute. DJ got a D. She's pro proficient in studying. And you got a C. And Kimmy says, well, I saw La Bamba five times. La Bamba, the Spanish in La Bamba's only going to get you so far. Honestly, it really, really is. I mean, I've seen, in fact, I do want to still cover that for, uh, on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast, which is an 18 and up podcast. Um, that one's Selena, Coal Miner's Daughter. I want to be able to get to all three of those at some point. I've been saying that for years now. <laughs> Feels like it's been going on like three or four years. I'm going to do it eventually. But, yeah, the Spanish in it, there's not a lot of it. There really isn't. In the beginning... Yes, there's a little a bit here and there. And it, mainly it's Richie's mother that is um, saying a bit of it and stuff like that. And another good one that um, Selena, yeah, is a good one because there is, you know, a good amount of Spanish-speaking dialogue. Oh, okay, it's six weeks, not eight weeks. And, Kimmy, come on, you don't even have to ask. You know DJ is going to help you out. It's like, Kimmy, of course I'll help you. You think I want to spend six weeks in summer? Six weeks in summer. Six weeks of summer in Spain without my bestie? No way. I'm going to make sure you pass that test. I mean, if she ekes by with a D, isn't that still technically passing? Yeah, she asks, why do I even have to learn the whole language? All I need to know is bathroom boys... Food, boys, and bathroom. I swear, if DJ didn't, I would be really worried for Kimmy's safety. I just feel like some guys, I just, I feel like she would be easily taken advantage of, especially if she does not know the language. Yeah. It's it just, I, I feel, uh, to, you know, DJ is going to be with Kimmy the whole time. Kimmy, I'm not letting you out of my sight. But then again, we do see DJ coming back from Spain with Steve. So is it a thing where she and Steve are, you know, hanging out and everything, and then Kimmy feels like a third wheel, kind of like her uh, the birthday blues episode from season six? 
I don't know. I wasn't, I was, gosh, I would have loved, I would have loved. Why couldn't we get, like, a scene of her? Because we go, like, six to eight weeks later when she ends up returning in season six, episode one. I really wish we could, because, yeah, she sent a postcard, but I would have loved to see where she's, like, in her room, hotel. Well, she said she gets to live with a Spanish-speaking family. And then she's, like, writing the postcard or t- writing in her journal about her time there and everything. She's, you know, the pe- the culture that she's learned about and experiences and Kimmy and Steve. And I would have loved that. That would have been cool. There was an episode of Growing Pains where I don't know if they actually went on location to whatever, um, someplace. It was Mike, because Mike sold his parents on a vacation to someplace. Italy, maybe, I can't remember. And then he meets some girl there. Of course, DJ agrees, like, oh yeah, true, but uh, you don't want to get them mixed up. DJ speaks, she says, Surianos muchacha. Kimmy says, no time for dancing. We have to go study. I'm like, girl, you know, what, are you, what has she been doing this whole, for the last, like, uh, four seasons in Spanish? Sleeping, probably. Uh, like, you've not picked up anything and not even whatever the basics are supposed to be? You gotta be, I mean, what if you get lost from your group and you gotta find someone and no one there speaks, you know, no one can help you out. You're going to be stuck. Beach, bad news. I can't study in Spain this summer unless I pass my Spanish class. Well, you Will be you help me? Yeah. I don't want to spend six weeks in Spain without you. Why do I have to learn the whole language? All I need to know are three words. Food, boys, and bathroom. <laughs> True, but you don't want to get them mixed up. <laughs> Studiamos, muchacha. No time for dancing. We have to go study. Alright, here we go. We're getting to, uh... This music video looks very tacky. Forever video, take 27. The dance choreographer is exhausted. I'm sure the extras there are exhausted, too. Jesse is... There's, like, a... A tarp or some silk blanket or something covering him. Yeah, because Jesse is rising out of a woven basket, like a snake out of a snake charmer's basket. And he's got his hands above his head in like a steeple praying motion. He's got this big gaudy gold earring and he's got the um, Aladdin-ish type vest. Immediately this fogginess or whatever they have ice machine going on to create the effect. Jesse like waves a hand in front of his face. It's like that would have been a cut there. Um, because every take has to be identical of course. Wow, the audience is excited because Jesse is just he's wearing a vest with parachute pant, baggy pants and no shirt under the vest. You know, the lady viewers are happy to see this. Jesse even has his hair pulled back in a little mini ponytail. Yeah, and the, 
we hear the do the Jess man and they're <laughs> this is just weird. It's a weird video. I don't like it. No one would dance to this. So they take turns spinning Jesse and he winds up in a bunch of decorative pillows off to the side and the director has to yell cut and like everyone take a break. Ugh. It looks like we're on take twenty seven. Just at some point He's gonna have, like, this is not what I wanna do. Enough's enough. Becky, of course, got a nice yummy sandwich from uh, <laughs> the craft services table. And she says, you know, I think it's going pretty nice, don't you? And David Gentilari here is just like, he says, we've been here for six hours. I don't have one frame of usable film. And Becky's like, yeah, but this tuna, so good. Oh, well, we got the choreographer pulling Jesse out of all these decorative pillows. <laughs> yeah, he has like, Jess, man, do you have any control of any of your body parts? And I guess he'd been in that um, woven basket for so long that he's got his, his legs basically fell asleep. Which, if you're cramped in there, like crisscross applesauce with your legs crossed, they probably will at some point start to go numb. <laughs> Because Becky even says, Jesse's got really bad circulation in his legs. I do too, I notice. And of course, yeah, Jesse tells Be Becky, you don't have to make excuses for me. And he turns to say, I have really bad circulation. And they, they don't want to hear it. This isn't working for them. And it's not working for Jesse. He's kind of played along with them thinking, oh, you know, they know what they're doing. They're professionals and this and that. But it's like... Why would you give up your creative control and do like you're that desperate that you would just like, well, it's it's either this or go back to the drawing board. And these people seem to know what they're doing. They're professionals. He says, I told you guys, okay, I can't dance. And David Dianolari says, I'm surprised you can walk. He says, this isn't the kind of forever that I want to do. This is not my music. These aren't my pants, that's for sure. These baggy pants. Looks like he came off the set of Aladdin. And David Gennari's all like, Oh, yes! Trust us! We know what we're doing! Do you? Do you? You're an up-and-coming... Up-and-coming... Label that... I mean, like, how many people have you signed that wound up successful? Because it's a new label. It's like, oh, give me a break. Jesse grabs Becky by the hand and he's like, I can't believe I even went through this silly, stupid thing. We're out of here. I quit. By the way, I'm done. You can take your parachute pants and stuff them. Becky says, Jess, wait a minute. And she takes the tuna and slams it down into David's hand. David, you are a dingbat. He's like, whoa, are you crazy? This is your one shot at making it. I'd be like, excuse me? I've been signed by another label before. I went on tour before. So don't tell me this is my one shot at making it. Yeah, he's like, you can't just walk out. I'm like, sounds to me like you're begging me to stay because you don't have anybody else. What does that say about your label? The guy's like, babe. And Jesse says, watch me, babe. Forever video, take 27. <laughs> and action. Yeah. <laughs> 
thing that happens out of the Yes, man. No, Dr. Ives, come on. I told you, I can't dance. I'm surprised you can walk. <laughs> this is not the forever that I want to do. This is it's not my kind of music. These are not my pants. <laughs> Jesse, trust us. We know what we're doing. No, you I don't. can't even believe I went through with this whole silly thing. Come on, Becky, we're out of here. I yeah. quit, pal. Wait a minute. Here. <laughs> are you crazy? This is your one shot at making it. You can't just walk out. Babe, watch me. Babe. So later, Jesse's upstairs with the twins and just holding them and like, oh gosh, what have I done? Maybe if I go back to and beg to fat fish, they'll take me back. It's like, Jesse, you gotta stop this. Okay, you're better off without them. He says, I gotta go crawling back to Fat Fish Music. Maybe if I beg, they'll take me back. Really? And he tells them how he was so selfish. Like, I wasn't even thinking of you two. It's like, Jesse, your wife more than makes enough money to support you and the kids while you do your music thing. The thing is, I didn't even think he ever thought of it about money with music. It was more you know, creating something that he wanted to share with the world. He's like, oh, I could have you totally set up with college and trust funds, two pays if the hair thing doesn't work out, (laughs) if the hair thing never happens for you. See, they're gonna eventually, because it's just weird. In eight weeks, the kids go from, like, eight-month-old babies to toddlers with hair down to their shoulders. One of the twins clearly is looking right at his mother. <laughs> it must be responding to her. Oh my god, what have I done? I gotta go crawling back to fat fish music. And if I beg them, they'll give me a second chance. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I was so selfish. I wasn't even thinking of you two. I, mean, I could have you totally set up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with college, trust funds, two pays if the hair thing never happens for you? No. I promise, guys, I won't let you down. I love you so much. Give me a chew. So now we're in DJ's room. I don't even know what time at night it is because DJ's in her pajamas and Kimmy is 
in whatever sleepwear she wears, probably leggings and a tank, or uh, leggings and a long XL t-shirt. Kimmy's exhausted, and DJ has the Spanish textbook that she's reading from, and Kimmy wants to follow up with, like, DJ, I'm exhausted, please, I want to go home and go to bed. And DJ says, the only way you can leave is if you, uh, respond to me in Spanish. She's having Kimmy conjugate verbs and words and whatnot. And Kimmy says, DJ, please, I can't conjugate anymore. After midnight? Girl, you should have been home, like, an hour, like, three hours ago. How long have they been at this? You guys gotta go to school in the morning. I mean, like, Kimmy, you're not getting any sleep that night. You're gonna be so stressed out. And DJ says, and I'll spawn you all. And Kimmy says, I'll sleepo, bago, pleaso. So Danny knocks on the door and asks, DJ, did you sleep with your light on again? Apparently this is a habit. She'll, like, study and just pass out of sleep. And DJ's like, uh, one sec, Dad, I'm just getting into bed. Kimmy was supposed to go home at 10 o'clock. She's like, Kimmy, you were supposed to go home two hours ago. It's not like she's going to get, Danny isn't going to come in there and scream at her and say, Kimmy, go get home and go to bed. You should have been out of here a while ago. Your mom's been calling. Her, her parents aren't calling for her. Come on now. <laughs> DJ goes and hides in her closet and Kimmy dives for the bed and gets under the comforter. But before DJ gets to... That's pretty cool that her closet has a little light on in there. And then she, like, flips the light switch to turn the light off. Wait a minute, no, because she grabs the comforter and is like, Kimmy, get out of there. Why are you in my bed? Oh, she had the closet open so Kimmy could hide in the closet. Yeah, Danny, of course, you know, he is, like, directly across from DJ's room. So he's like, DJ, are you okay? Because even he's got his robe on in his nighttime sleepwear. Danny asks, sweetie, you've been studying all this time. Kimmy, you can tell it's Kimmy because she's wearing orange socks. But, her, 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 yeah, her feet are, her sock feet are exposed. They're not even under the comforter. The comforter is, like, shoved so far up the top of the bed. It's like, <laughs> and Danny must know. He's like, oh, Deej, you, you've been studying. Staying up this late studying this whole time? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Kimmy says, see, <laughs> which we all know means yes. And he says, oh, Deej, you must be exhausted. <laughs> and Kimmy says, see. <laughs> and Danny says, oh, let me give you a kiss. Because he still thinks it's DJ. And he's just here, Kimmy goes, no. He immediately realizes, <laughs> excuse me. That it's Kimmy because of the orange socks. Uh, he just is surprised, like, oh, that's not DJ's normal sock wear. And he goes and he bends down and, and he waves a hand in front of his face. Like, whoa! Yeah, that's Gibbler feet. He's aware of that stench. I love the whole waving the hand in front of the face, like, whoa! <laughs> like, basically, it's almost like her feet smell like garbage that's been sitting outside in 100 degree heat for three days in a row. Danny, now that he knows it's Kimmy, <laughs> he's gonna have some fun with her. <laughs> and I love how he, like, 
Steve pulls his hands, like, folds his, you know, fingers together and kind of, like, props a knee up. And he's like, so, Deej, you must uh, be really excited about your trip to Spain this summer. And Kimmy says, see. <laughs> and here we go. He says, oh, I hope you take my advice about ditching Kimmy. And you just hear Kimmy under the covers go, huh? And Danny says, yeah, yeah, it's all set up. Happy the pinata maker, he's going to wrap her up and wrap her in paper mache and hang her in the village square for the kids will come along with flaming sticks. And Kimmy just throws back, she is so gullible, she throws back the covers and is like, flaming sticks? And Danny's like, gotcha, you can come out of the closet, Deej. <laughs> gotcha, Gibbler. I just love this. This is just, honestly, this is one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode. <laughs> He's like chuckling after he says, village children coming in with the flaming sticks. And Kimmy just throws back the comforter and says, flaming sticks? And he says, gotcha, Gibbler. You can come out, Deej. And DJ apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm just, I'm trying to help Kimmy with her Spanish. And Danny's sweet about this. He's like, Kimmy, look. Honey, you're going to have to go home and get some sleep, right? That's the only way you're going to pass this test if you get some sleep. He says, Kimmy, go home. If you want to pass that test tomorrow, you're going to need your sleep. Granis nachos, basically good night, I'm guessing. And of course, all Kimmy heard was nachos. She's like, oh, nachos, great, I'm starved. And Danny's hanging in the door. Like, you know, maybe a couple minutes of studying wouldn't hurt. Like, nah, you guys can cram on the walk to school. Because I think, I'm pretty sure, well, no. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, we have, no, Steve is not, no, okay, no, they probably either be walking, taking the bus, maybe Kimmy's mom is taking them. They can cram on the way to school. Okay, Kimmy, conjugate the verb hugar to play. Please, Deej, I can't conjugate any more Spanish. It's after midnight. Can't we go to sleep? In Espanol. El sleepo bego pleaso. <laughs> studying all this time? See. Si. <laughs> Steve, you must be exhausted. See. Si. You know what? Let me give you a kiss. No. <laughs> so, uh, Deej, you must be real excited about your trip to Spain this summer. Take my advice about ditching Kimmy. Huh? Oh, yeah. It's all set up. Peppy, the pinata maker, he's going to wrap her in paper mache and then hang her in the village square. And all the little village children are going to come in with their flaming sticks. Flaming sticks? I got you, Gibbler. You can come out, these. Sorry, Dad. I'm trying to help Kimmy with her Spanish. Kimmy, go home. If you want to pass that test tomorrow, you're going to need your sleep, okay? Buenos nachos. Oh, nachos. Great. I'm starving. <laughs> Maybe a couple more minutes of studying wouldn't hurt. All right. So, looks like Michelle has earned $8. $8.40. Not horrible. Not horrible at all. I mean, it's more realistic than $221.
Also that, which isn't changed, I see like one dollar bill, and then the rest is like probably a bunch of quarters. This is back in the 90s when people carried cash and change on them. Now we all carry cards and our phones with like that Apple Pay on it and all that stuff. Google Pay. He says, you sell one more cup of lemonade and you'll have just enough money to get that ant from. So she only needs 10 cents? Just give her the dime, Joey. Just give her the dime. You know what? On second thought, why don't you go ahead, go out, buy the ant farm, and she can pay you that dime when she gets her next you know, allowance from Danny. I get it. I get it. She wants to earn it herself. I mean, you could just, all you need is 10 cents. She is begging Joey to buy one more cup because that's all she needs. 50 cups? Oh my gosh. 50 cups of lemonade. He it would be like lemonade running through his veins. So he's pretty much contributed the bulk of what she's made for the ant farm. <laughs> he says, I'm sweating lemon juice. Joe's like, you don't even have to drink it. Just buy it. If you want to dump it down the sink, down the toilet, I don't care. Just buy it. What you do with it afterwards is up to you. <laughs> Joey says, why didn't I think of that 49 cups ago? And is this just over the course of a day? Oh my gosh, his throat would be so dry and raw from all that tart lemonade. Not to mention, if it's got that much sugar in it, you're going to need dentures, most likely. Um, completed. Gives her the dime. Thank you. Okay, Michelle, $8.40. Sell one more cup of lemonade, and you'll have enough money to buy yourself that ant farm. Shall we please buy one more cup? Michelle, I've already had 50 cups. I'm sweating lemon juice. You don't need to drink it, just buy it. Why didn't I think of that 49 cups ago? So Becky and Jesse come downstairs, and Becky's like, Jess, do you really want to do this I Dream of Jesse music video? And he's like, no, I don't want to, but what other choice do I have? And, well, he, yeah, he says, no, I want to do the video my way, but I got to think of you and our kids. I'm like, Jesse, I get it. He comes from a generation where the man works and makes the money for the family. I'm just like, she, dude, do, do you know how many husbands out there would probably be fine with if their wives were to just go out and make the money? I can guarantee it's probably a, a really high percent. I mean, seriously, she, you're living in Danny's house rent free. You don't got to pay rent, maybe chip in with groceries here or there. But seriously, I always thought, I never thought it was about him becoming a musician to support his family. I thought he wanted to become a musician because that was his passion. He loved music and everything, and he wanted to create music that people would love to listen to. I mean, yeah, the money isn't bad either, but it almost, the way he's making it, like, I gotta think of you and our kids. They won't go to college. Well, it'll be $40,000 for the both of them. Like, I mean, the, the twins drop out of college to run a fish taco truck, but that's beside the point. It's like, you're not destitute. You're fine. Our children and our, well, that's, yeah, and the future. For that house one day that they may buy once the kids, like, graduate from high school. So this is interesting. 
Joey brings up, this is, it's, he says, it's too bad you can't buy your own record company. Well, it just makes me think of the episode I haven't covered yet with the guys doing the um, J&J Creative Services, you know, kind of going out on their own, away from Mr. Malatesta, you know, breaking away from just getting assignments from him and starting their own advertising company and getting clients and everything. They went out and they did it. Granted, Danny did kind of put in, you know, the money to kind of get the ball rolling and everything like that, but still. Michelle even offers up her $8.50 for her ant farm. I mean, it's a sweet gesture. Granted, it's, you know, would take a lot more than that, depending on what it is, you know, how much, but. And I love how he bends down to her level and cups her face in his hands and says, honey, that is very sweet, but, you know, you need to keep that. You earned that money. And your little ants are dying on the vine being stuck. How many of those ants are even still alive in that jar? Yeah, he even said, sweetheart, that is the greatest offer I ever got. Yeah, he says, you worked hard for that money. You keep that money, okay? And she says, but I love you, and you're more important than my aunts. And then she turns and says, sorry, guys. Sweetie, if they're still alive, let them go. Go out to the sidewalk and just shake that jar out and let those aunts, if they're, granted, like I said, I think they're dead. I can guarantee those aunts, if that has no air holes in it, those ants are dead. Or they have the biggest sugar rush known to humanity with that lollipop. I don't see nearly as many when we cut to that, um, that jar. Jess, come on. Are you sure you want to do this I Dream of Jesse video? Uh, no, I'd rather do the video my way, but I gotta think of you and our children and our future. It's too bad you can't just buy your own record company. Yeah, I'm just a few bucks short, huh? You can have my aunt for money. Sweetheart, that's that's the greatest offer I ever got. But you worked hard for that money. You keep that money, okay? But I love you, and you're more important than my aunts. Sorry, guys. They're not in there anymore. They can't hear you. So the doorbell rings, and Jesse says, Oh, that's January. Oh, I wish there was another way out of this. It's like, there is. Tell him to turn around and go back out the door and find someone else. If that guy is a new and upcoming label that has, like, no other artists, you don't think they're going to work with you? Because what, if you, if they don't have any other artists, how are they going to attract new artists? Like, oh, who have you worked with so far? Nobody? Well, I'm not going to sign with you. <laughs> not to mention, wouldn't an artist, if they're going to sign with the label, they're going to want their own creative control. They're going to want to write their own songs and have a say in things. That's probably why they would write up a contract and everything. Like, hopefully Jesse didn't sign anything where... Sorry, Jesse, you signed a contract and we basically own whatever music that comes out of you. And if you try to leave, we'll sue you. So Jesse apologizes and says, uh, look, I'm sorry I blew up the other day. Well, I mean, he does apologize for walking off the set. Oh, this, oh my gosh. Who wouldn't want to do this guy? Seriously, ugh. He's like, yep, I knew you'd come crawling back. I'd be like, you know what? You turn yourself around, you go right back out this door. I'm, never mind. I take back my apology. The fact that 
guy goes on and says, face it, without us, without us, you're nothing. I'm like, oh, really? Uh, how many other artists have you signed, sir? None? Mm. Yeah. He says, without Fat Fish music, you're nothing. Who else would make you an offer like we did? And Jesse turns and looks at his family and says, you know, actually, just before you got here, I did receive another offer. I love the look on Michelle's face where her eyes get veiled. Mm -hmm. Like, that offer still stands. I'll give you this $8.50. I like how she, Michelle's, like, <laughs> arching her eyebrows up and down. Like, mm -hmm. He says, hey, uh, just before you got here, I received a very uh, interesting new offer. Of course, he's like, oh, what offer from him? I'm like, oh, I would be like, oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's offering a lot more than you gave me or were going to give me if I signed with you. He says, well, it's a five-year-old company, you know, small but very generous. And this guy wants to know, like, how much money we talking here. Also, Jesse also adds, and they really love me. And he's like, what kind of money are they talking about? And Jesse says, big money, big enough to buy a farm. I would have, I would have even said, like, that's none of your business how much they offered. In fact, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because you don't, you don't want my music, so uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with this other person. And I love, I love how Joey sticks up for Jesse. He says, you know, uh, David, you're kind of reminding me of the guy that um, he turned down the Beatles. And trust me, he is now kicking himself out of all the money that he didn't get from them. And Becky even asks, you know, oh, I'm sure you'll find another job. Can you say, would you like fries with that, sir? <laughs> Why? Why in the world is... That must have been a saying back in the day. I was saying, would you like fries with that? I go through a Mickey D's drive-thru. You want to know what they ask? They ask, are you going to use your McDonald's rewards today? And I say, no, because I don't have any. Which, <laughs> as often as I had been going to McDonald's, <laughs> it probably wouldn't have been a bad thing to do that, that rewards dealy. So, but I'm not going to. Where did they find this guy? Did this guy form the label? Because he doesn't know Jack Diddley about... I, I mean, I know Joey is clearly making this up. Or there could be truth to it. About some guy that turned down the Beatles. And David Janelari's like, what guy? Who's the guy? What's his name? And Joey's like, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he says it's, it doesn't matter. He's the laughing stock of the music business. Joey tells him never heard from again. He's still kicking himself as Joey walks over to him and like kicks himself, <laughs> lifts his foot up behind him to kick himself in the butt, for example. Becky comes around with, oh, I'm sure you'll get another job. You'll be fine. Can you say, would you like fries with that, sir? So you think you're going to come in here and insult her husband and his friend? Oh, no, no, no. I think it's, it's just Joey, Becky, and Michelle here to witness this because Danny, Stephanie, and DJ, I don't know where they're at. But can you imagine if this guy had said that with all of them being there? They would definitely be giving him a piece of their mind. And David Janelari is like, Jess, are you serious? 
And Jesse says, yeah, I'm serious. Look, David, I, I mean, I've got to go with the company that believes in me. And he's like, hey, we believe, we believe. So basically, yeah, he's like, hey, look, I know we had our creative differences. That's what we do in the music business. We fight. We, you know, we do lunch. We compromise. So it's like, yes, it's all about compromise. Jesse basically puts it forward. Look, we do the song my way or there's no deal. And David takes a big sigh. He's like, you got it. He's like, see, see, now we're compromising. So he's like, yes, babe. And Jesse says, Dave, <laughs> babe, hit me. And then, of course, the guy leaves. And as soon as Jesse shuts the door, he's like, oh, what a goon. What a creep. And I love how he turns to the family. He's like, uh, we did it. And they hug him, and it's so great. Ah! The power of family, y'all. The power of family. Right, Quinny? Yep. So, Jesse goes and sits down by Michelle and says, Oh, Michelle, I couldn't have done it without you. Yeah, she was pretty much the inspiration for what he came up with to convince that guy. And she says, well, I don't know what I did, but I'm glad I did it. It's like, yep, sweetie. You helped him out. That's what family does. So, he opts to give her a hundred kisses on the face. And luckily, we, we cut out of that. <laughs> yep, that's Janelari. I wish there's another way out of this. David. Uh, I'm sorry it blew up, and uh, I'd like you to accept my apology. Mm -hmm. I knew you'd come crawling back. Let's face it, without Fat Fish music, you're nothing. Who else would make you an offer like we did? You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, you know, just before you got here, I, I received a very, uh, very interesting new offer. What offer? From who? Well, it's a five-year-old company. Small, but very generous. And they really love me. Man, what kind of money are they talking about? Big money. Enough to buy a farm. <laughs> you know, uh, Dave, you're starting to remind me of the guy who turned down the Beatles. What guy? Oh, it doesn't matter. He's the laughing stock of the music business. Never heard from again. Yep, he's still kicking himself about that one. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm sure you'll get another job. Can you say, would you like fries with that, sir? Jess, uh, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Listen, David, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with a company that believes in me. Hey, we believe, we believe. Hey, look, I, I know we had our creative differences, but that's the way the biz is. You, you work, you fight, you do lunch, you compromise. We'll do the song my way, there's no deal. You got it. See? Now we're compromising. <laughs> yes, babe. Hey, babe, hit me. Come on, go. <laughs> Love you. Right back at you. <laughs> what a goon. <laughs> we did it! Hey, go, Bye, guys. Mm, right. Oh, Michelle, I couldn't have done it without you. 
Thank you very much. I don't know what I did, but I'm glad I did it. So, Danny's moving the television so the family can sit down and watch it. Kimmy comes in. Apparently, the door's unlocked because how else is she getting in there? And Danny just says, because Kimmy comes in and says, Hola, Tanneritos. And Danny says, Uh, I gotta change the locks again. I don't think the locks is your problem. I think you just need to lock your door. Here's a question. DJ asked Kimmy, oh, Kimmy, did you get your grades? Well, wouldn't DJ have, DJ would have passed, no problem. But they just want to make sure that Kimmy passed so they can, I guess that's, well, that would be the point, right? Like, why would we reward you with a trip to Spain if you didn't pass the class? And that, to me, that's a, that's a trip that you have to save up for, like, do all sorts of things car washes, bake sales, stuff like that, to earn, you know, as a group to go together. But I would imagine, yeah, the other stipulation is you gotta pass the class. So, of course, oh, so excited. I passed my Spanish class. Isn't that movie awesome? Right, we're not, it just, DJ said the same thing, like, way back in, like, season two or three. So, <laughs> and... DJ hugs her and says, ah, Kimmy, we're going to Spain together. Because at this point, there is no Steve. Danny's like, oh, Kimmy, let me check this out. I want to see for myself. And he says, let me see that, Kimmy. Whoa, you got a D minus. As he folds the report card up, he says, wow, your parents must be so proud. And Kimmy says, my dad says with grades like this, I'm the, on the fast track to air conditioning school sure what that is. is that a, a college where you would learn how to install air conditioners i guess hola tanneritos i gotta change the locks again hey kimmy did you get your grades they just came in the mail i passed spanish isn't that mooey awesome kimmy we're going to spain let me see that kimmy whoa you got a D minus. <laughs> oh, your parents must be very proud. Yeah. My dad says with grades like this, I'm on the fast track to air conditioning school. <laughs> so Jesse and Becky come down with the twins. Jesse's calling for everyone to come into the living room. Girls, Joey, comment. Come into the living room. We're going to be on MTV. So we have MTV and Martha Quinn, who actually... Will, the actress will play Joey and Jesse's boss at the radio show in season six. So, wow, she is uh, a downer. She says, on this show we feature artists that you may have not heard of and may never hear of again. <sighs> oh, that's real nice, lady. Couldn't you have said that when he wasn't in the room? Or if he hadn't come on set yet. And Jesse says, but you might hear from me again, right? And she's honest. She's like, well, it's not up to me. It's up to you out there. So she's, and she points out that Jesse's nervous. Like, and this nervous man here is from one of the hot Bay Area bands, Jesse and the Rippers. So, of course, Jesse's like looking off to the side at that camera because she's pointing, oh, you want to stare at the camera that's right in front of us so they can see, you know, 
your full self and not a side profile. And Jesse's like, oh, I thought the camera would want to get a close-up. You know, I'm having a really good hair day. So Jesse is starting to, you know, he does thank her for letting him be on the show. And he's like, it's been a struggle. You know, a lot of sleepless nights. Dre rejection, cold sweats, stomach cramps, you know, gas, you know, gas, a lot of gas. She's kind of like, okay, that's uh, fascinating. Why don't we get to the video? It is called Forever. Of course, you think you were on the prices right about to spin the big wheel, but wait, I just want to say thank you to my family. And he starts listing everybody off. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to uh, Danny, uh, Joey, Stephanie, DJ. And then, of course, she cuts him off and says, I'm not done yet. He, yeah, it's funny how he thinks Danny and Joey and the girls before his own wife and children. <laughs> Michelle, my favorite little munchkin. <laughs> I love Michelle's smile there. And he says, my beautiful wife, Rebecca, and our two adorable, beautiful twin boys. Here, I got pictures. And of course, he pulls out his wallet, you know, back in the 90s when you carried your photos in your wallet. Now you carry them on your phone. And she is, like, trying to cut him off, saying, well, we are out of time. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you're not going to play my video? She's like, oh, okay. I don't want you to have a gas attack or anything. This lady is beyond rude. Is she supposed to be that way? Is that her persona? My good grief. I mean, she's right up there with that ITT Tech commercial with the, um, those interviews that are just, it's, there's a clip of it on YouTube, and it's just, the or, the interviews are horrible. They just really grill these candidates. Like, we were hoping for someone with more education, some experience. Do you know how to use a computer? Oh, well, we're out of time. I think it's just, let's bring on the next guest. And he's like, can you play my video, please? Oh, she's just, ah. So, of course, you know, she says, you know, it's Jesse and the Rivers with their new video forever. And she said, that's a Beach Boys song, right? He's like, yeah, the Beach Boys, you know, they sang it with me and everything. Like, they really helped me on it. Yeah, and I love how he's like, oh, yeah, I know the Beach Boys. And they sang on it. And, you know, we're like, you know, he does the cross fingers. Like, we're. Really tight. Everybody, come on. I'm going to be on MTV in a minute. Come. Joey, girls, come in here. I'm going to be on MTV. Come in. Come in. Are you going to dig this? Oh, there I am. I'm on. I'm on. This is so exciting. I'm Martha Quinn, and welcome to Out of the Blue, where we feature new artists you've never heard of and may never hear of again. She might hear me again, right? Well, you know, it's not up to me. It's up to you out there. And this nervous gentleman sitting next to me is Jesse Kostopoulos from the hot new Bay Area band, Jesse and the Rippers. Hey, I'm Jesse. Hi. Hi. Why don't you use that? Well, I thought maybe you want to cut to the close-up camera because, you know, I'm having a good hair day and everything. <laughs> Sorry, it's your show. Uh, I just want to say uh, thanks for having me on the show, Martha, Martha Quinn. And, uh, you know, I just want to say out there that it's it's been a very hard struggle. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of sleepless nights, rejection, uh, cold sweats, uh, stomach cramps, uh, gas, a bit of a lot of gas, actually. Okay, that's fascinating. Why don't we get to the video? It is called Forever. Okay, I, just, I just wanted to say thanks real fast. Thank you out uh, there to Danny, 
Joey, Stephanie, That's and very DJ. very sweet. So I'm not done yet. Uh, Michelle, my favorite little munchkin. Hey, Michelle. My beautiful wife, Rebecca, I love you very much. My two twins, Nikki and Alex, adorable kids. Really. Okay, do you hear Our that, boys? You're can. famous. This one's Nikki. Okay, well, we're out of time now. Uh, I think what we'll do is... We'll wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I, no, are you going to show my video, though? Just kidding. You're not going to have a gas attack now, are you? No. <laughs> okay, we're going to get to it. This is Jesse and the Rippers and their brand new video called Forever, uh, which is a Beach Boys song, isn't it? Yes, Beach Boys song. Uh, I know the Beach Boys. They sang on uh, Beach Boys and Iron. Great. Here we go. We're gonna roll up. This is Jesse and the Rippers, and it is called so the start of this video is interesting there's like a lot of like crushed jewels on this drum and then someone takes the sticks that's basically the opening video and sends these like fake jewels just flying and then we see uh jesse shirtless in a bed on a set with a white comforter and pillows so they're definitely trying to get the appeal of the 21 and over crowd <laughs> the ladies you do see Jesse and the Rippers, you know, the band, and then Forever, and then underneath is Fatfish music. Also see a choir behind in white robes. We see, it looks like they're in a relic of a church somewhere that's no longer in use. There's a lot of, like, candles with yellow glowing light. We see a picture of Nikki and Alex just sitting there with like a cloud sky backdrop behind them and they're in diapers and they look like they're crying. We then see a black and white shot of Jesse outside on the ground with a blanket and he's holding the twins. They're wearing white shirts with, with jean overalls. One's sitting on the blanket and Jesse's holding the other twin. We see a shot of his bare foot with their bare feet. It's kind of bordering on kind of creepish. I mean, it, it's cute, but by today's standards, I don't think this would be allowed. We see Jesse shirtless in the church with one of the twins. Actually, he's got both of the twins. We see a close-up black and white shot of Jesse playing the guitar. Now it's like he's walking outside of the church. He's got the ripped jeans where the rips are in the knees. He's wearing a beige vest, leather vest with... He's always wearing a necklace like a cross or something. He's got a white t-shirt on, holding a guitar. We go back to the church with all the candles. Now we have him, it's almost kind of sepia-toned, this next scene, where he's with the two Beach Boys singing in a studio sound booth. Actually, I think we got, like, three of the Beach Boys and not just two of them. Another black and white shot of Jesse playing the guitar. Now we're back in the church. Another black and white. It's just, honestly, this video... I love the song to get me wrong, but this video is literally all over the place, which, yes, in music videos, sometimes that can be the case, but sometimes they tell a story. It's like, to me, the video, it just feels like it's trying to do so much and get cover so much in, in the course of the length of this song. It's like, it just, it looks, to me, as good as it looks, it feels like a hodgepodge mess. With stuff that in no way in 2023 would be allowed in a music video today. Back and forth between the church and the black and white shots of him 
you know, close-up shots of him playing the guitar. You see him on the blanket with the twins. Church with the candles. Back to the bed at the beginning. We got Jesse and a Beach Boy both singing into a upside-down microphone in a sound booth. Jesse is now wearing what looks like... But it's like fringe frayed material. Um, what's the word? There's a word for that type of like leather fringe jacket, I think. Of course, another black and white shot of him. It's always him holding the one twin. And then we see this poor, <laughs> this baby is looking off into the camera. He is just, he's crying. He wants his, his mom or his dad or just he it, literally you see his eyes are looking offset he does not want to be there <laughs> her baby just starts crying yeah it's just back and forth between the church and the black and white footage of him just walking around playing his guitar now he's holding a old-timey film camera and filming i'm guessing this guy is his name is leon he was the one playing the bongo drums they're just goofing on set no way now would this be allowed. He, he is holding, you know, his his infant. Well, like I said, they're like six months, but even still, it's like he's holding his naked son, and it's just that would not be allowed today. And not to mention, it's in a music video that everybody is gonna see. That's almost like putting this stuff up of your kids on Instagram, on Facebook. Where anybody who's anybody could have access to it. There's too much weirdness and bad stuff in the world that really, I mean, I guess well, all I'm going to say is to each their own then. If you want to put your kids out there on display like that, it's going to come back probably to bite you down the road. <laughs> I mean, I hope not, but I just, I, I don't like, as an adult, now, I don't like this. As a 9, 10-year-old watching this, I didn't have a, you know, I didn't see that there was a problem with it. Yes, it really is going for the appeal for the ladies. It's going for, you know, making him one of the most, you know, like he'd be on People Weekly, one of the most beautiful, 50 beautiful people in the world, according to People Weekly. And, you know, him being a family man and everything and being, you know, the love he has for his kids. And which it feels like the song in a way is kind of dedicated to that, to his kids. And just, just don't like the idea that there is a, like our old relic church with all of these. I don't even think maybe, well, it's, it looks like a church that has been, you know, not in use for a very long time. And all these, these candles make me nervous. Let's just say there's so many candles. Cut to close-ups of the choir in the background. In the white robes. You see Gary the Ripper with the sunglasses on. And Lanny, I think. Oh, speaking of Gary, we get a close-up of him on the keyboards. The last scene we see is Jesse on the blanket with the twins. Where it says Jesse and the Rippers forever. And then Fat Fish music. No, the very last scene is again with the twins in just diapers with a cloud backdrop behind and underneath them. Okay, I'm sorry, my mistake. The very last scene is him blowing out a candle in that relic of a church.
And then the video fades to black. Here in the background, Martha Quinn saying, you know, I love it. This is just so great. And Jesse says, that was the greatest two and a half minutes I've ever experienced. And Becky looks at him and says, hey, greatest two and a half minutes I've ever experienced in my life. And he looks at her and says, hey, musically. Oh, Joey asks, hey, Jess, how's it going to be a big rock star? And Jesse says, well, I'm not a big rock star. I'm small. Who knows if anyone's going to buy it or not? And Danny says he actually went to the music store to buy a coffee, Danny says, and they were completely sold out. Well, Jesse says, well, I may have had a hand in that. I bought every copy they had. Jess! That's great that you want to do that. But how are people going to listen? This is before Spotify. It's before YouTube. It's before social media. Other than this music video... That people that tune into MTV, you know, before it was a reality television channel. That's how they would get your music. If you buy it all, what are you going to do? Stand on the corner and say, buy my CD? Put it in the music store where it was. They probably only got one box of CDs. They're probably only getting one box because you're a new artist. You you could have bought, a, like, a couple you didn't have to buy, I mean, he, he gives literally everybody, including Comet, a CD, which just has, if it's a CD single, it's got one song on there. So you know these things aren't expensive. Unless it's got that song and, like, a bunch of his cover. Like, oh, since we're putting out a CD and there's room on that CD, let's add some of our other stuff that we've done so, you know, they can hear... Our other music that basically doesn't sound much different than forever. <laughs> you know, that's the thing I noticed with um, some some musicians, sometimes, like uh, Hanson is a good one, where they will have a variety of different tones of music on an album. Like, some will be a slow ballad, some will be a, a pumped up fast, you know, ener song with energy and stuff like that. So they got a nice variety Instead of every song kind of sounding like a ballad, which don't get me wrong, I again I say I do love ballads. Ballads are really the in the slow songs, the heartfelt songs, and stuff like that. But sometimes you want a song that just pumps you up and gets your your heart racing and just singing from out the car window, you know that singing in your car type of songs. enjoyed this lengthy two-parter full house season 5 episode 25 and 26 uh captain video parts 1 and 2 worst outfit 
I definitely want to just give it to Becky for that floral. Well, the, the floral one and then also, you know, the floral dress in part two. And then also, was it a dress? It was just, yeah, and then the other one was like the really dull colors, like the moss green, like kind of a muted colors, yellow and this and that. And it just looked really, bleh. Um, Best outfit, I think I want to give it to... I like Jessie's fringe jacket that was in the, that played in the video. I really, really liked that. So for Tanner Teachable Moment, honestly, it's going to really combine Michelle earning her honeybee badge. Also, in the other lesson, a part two with her, with the lemonade stand, it's kind of like you don't give up, you keep working at it, and eventually you'll find success. It'll come to fruition. And the same thing with Jesse. Just, you know, if you want something done your way, don't give up your creative control. Don't, another thing, don't settle for something just for the sake of having it. Like, oh, this is my only shot. I'm going to go work for someone who's a jerk just to make this dream come true. It's like, no, you're allowing yourself to be belittled and put down. Why would you why would you demean yourself that way by having that that negativity? I mean, if you want to do your things your way, then start your own company, set your own rules, set your own schedule. Have, keep be allowed to keep your creative control. I mean, I'm sure that a lot of artists will probably have a, have a contract. They want that control over the stuff that they create. Or at least a very high percentage of that. That's where negotiations come in. That's where compromising comes in. That whole don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. And with Michelle, with you know, again, trying to earn her cooking badge. It's like, you know what? You'll eventually create something that you are proud of. And the thing is, she wasn't trying either of these things. I know it's always like how the parent, like the mother who cooks the food, then she sets the table. She always sits down last after everyone's served and, you know, eats last and everything after the family and whatnot like that. And it kind of felt like, you know, the server's not, I, I don't know. So that's just my Tanner Teachable moment in a nutshell. Pretty much for, for both parts. Just don't settle. Don't give up yourself just to try to find success. And keep keep working at it. Any goal worth having and worth achieving is worth putting in the hard work. Know that there's always going to be bumps along the road until you're finally rewarded. Alright, the next episode I'm going to cover in Jesse's musical career journey is from Season 6, Episode 3, entitled Road to Tokyo. Jesse performs in Tokyo where his single tops charts. And then, of course, we'll be jumping all the way to Season 8 with... <laughs> I have to find it. 
season eight, episode seven, on the road again, when Danny finds out that DJ is secretly dating the guitarist in Jesse's new band, Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. Danny forbids her to continue, but also it's about Jesse realizing going on the road, and by on the road, like going to gigs and stuff, and just. It's not how he remembers it, how much fun he had going on the road with his band, the hotels, and just, you know, the memories and everything. It's like, nah, it's not the same. I mean, also, you're bringing along your wife and your your twin sons and your band, and Joey is the roadie, and yeah, just the experience is, the experience is not the same by any stretch of means. <laughs> And I believe that will pretty much conclude, season eight on the road will conclude the Jesse's Musical Journey series. All right. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. And if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to... Post a review for the podcast. You can do so by going to iTunes, search for the Full House or Fuller House podcast. So all my Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. You can click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Bye-bye, everybody.